Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Thursday. We're coming to you live from our studio here on South College Street. My name is J.J. Jackson. On the program with me today, Ryan LaVoy, Javon Cutler, and Luke Flurry set to join us here on today's show. Excited to have Luke back with us again. Interning with us this semester, made his way over from Auburn High, and excited to have him on the program today as we talk all things Auburn athletics and other storylines going on in the wide world of sports. I want to say thank you very much to Mr. Brooks Childress for hosting the show yesterday in my absence as I was in Atlanta for Auburn softball as they took on Georgia State where the Tigers picked up a 9-1 victory. But we start today the Auburn men's basketball team winning last night in overtime. They are SEC champions, the second SEC championship under head coach Bruce Pearl who was very excited by his team's performance and uh, will to win in last night's competition. It was a uh, heart-racing game, to say the least, as the Tigers had a 12-point lead at halftime. They led by as many as 18. The game went into overtime before Auburn ultimately walked away with a victory. But your Auburn Tigers are SEC champions. Also, shout-out to the Auburn baseball team, who picked up a 16-1 to victory over the uh, UAB Blazers in last night's game. So tons for us to discuss throughout the duration of today's show. Uh, Ryan, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing well. And obviously last night, got to start with Auburn basketball, as you said. And uh, it was a, another challenging road trip for Auburn. And it, it was actually shaping up not to be through one half. Had a 12-point lead, lead at half. Uh, had the lead up higher than that. I think it was 16 or 18, and then Mississippi State had a couple buckets there to end the half to cut it to 12. Uh, but Auburn really played a very good first half. They shot the ball well, and it looks more like the game that we saw them play at the very beginning of the conference schedule on the road when they played South Carolina when they took a double-digit lead in the half. And so it looked very promising. And then in the second half, what we've seen the last month or so especially – just long spurts of, of not being able to, to put the ball in the basket. I mean, they had, I think, three field goals in the first nine, ten minutes of the half and were struggling to score again. And they had about nine points through the first 11, 12 minutes. They scored 21 in the entire second half. And then in overtime, in a five-minute segment, scored 20. Um, so it was a wonderful overtime period for Auburn. Uh, with what Katie Johnson was able to do, getting them started. The Jabari Smith and one dunk to close it. Right. Uh, a true exclamation point. And so I know that there can be a lot of negative that people can get, get, can get into with, with another road performance that was a too close for comfort game. But 
here's what I want to start with and focus on. Auburn has won at least a share of the SEC regular season championship. They've got 99 problems on the road, but winning an SEC regular season championship ain't one. Amen. And so very proud of that. Uh, we know how good Auburn is in Auburn Arena, and they play a South Carolina team that's currently not in the projected field. And so I'm, I, I love the chances. They're astronomically high that they're going to win the thing out right now. And so uh, that was very huge to be able to accomplish that, and it's going to be another banner moment this weekend for Auburn. And uh, before anyone tries to say about what this team might look like in the NCAA tournament or the problems that it's having, I think it's important to remember that this is a program that has now won a regular season championship for the second time under Bruce Pearl. It's a program that has seen uh, success unseen for much of its history. And so before we get caught up in all the other things that Auburn would like to achieve this year because the team is really good, let's not forget that this in itself is a big accomplishment in a league that is very good this year. I mean, it is a very good league. It's got another team with championship aspirations in Kentucky. It's got another team in Arkansas that has been as hot as anyone in the country. It's got teams like Alabama that have beaten the likes of Gonzaga and Baylor this season. This is a really good league, and Auburn, through an 18-game schedule, is the top of that league. So uh, still incredibly proud of the team. Like I said, I know we'll get to the flaws, but first and foremost – Winning a championship of any kind, always very special. Fair to say you're in a good mood today. Yes. Yes, exciting things here on the program. Luke Fleury hanging out with us as well. Luke, how are you on this uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday? I don't even know what day of the week it is. It's <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, I'm good. You know, last night watching Auburn clinch a share, it's a big moment for the program and whatnot. But also, it didn't look pretty whatsoever. We'll get to that. But... I think the main priority right now is just second-half offense. In the last couple of games, we've seen it. Um, once again, Auburn was just manhandled down low as Mississippi State had, I'm pretty sure, 18-plus more rebounds than right. Auburn. Um, we got to do something about that. There's some key positions that we're missing as well. We haven't really – our small forwards haven't really been stepping up as Cambridge and Flanagan didn't shoot the best. But, I mean, all in all, you clinch a share. That's all that matters especially with Ryan just said in a high, hot SEC, probably the best conference in basketball this year with the likes of Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, the bipolar app of Alabama. Yeah. But, um, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm confident Auburn will close it out this um, Saturday against South Carolina. No doubt. I mean, look, if, if they win against South Carolina, that's all it takes at home. Auburn has yet to lose a home game this season. They are your SEC champions. It was a little odd. You know, late down uh, the stretch there, a lot of Devin Cambridge later in the second half because Alan Flanagan was struggling to play uh, over the past few days and a few games uh, for the Auburn Tigers this season, which is really hard to see. And then Auburn, in overtime, goes with their three-guard lineup, something they had not done at all. Bruce Pearl said they didn't even practice something like that for the lineup to be in the mix. And there they go and, and win the biggest game of the year as Auburn claims a share of the SEC. Talking about the conference as a whole, though, that's interesting you brought up Alabama. I know we've got a couple of uh, Tide fans probably listening to the program here today. That was the game leading into Auburn and Mississippi State last night, Ryan, and uh, Alabama with a loss at home to Texas A&M. Yeah, it was a weird one for them because they have been taking care of the, the weaker competition as of late, early in the SEC schedule. 
they lost a couple to really bad teams. They uh-huh. lost to Missouri, uh, lost to Georgia, which just right. seems unfathomable. And we talk about their great wins, but they've had some bad losses. Now, Texas A&M's not a bad team. They, they've gotten back on the bubble with that win. And if they can make some noise in Tampa, they might still get in the NCAA tournament. But um, to lose by double figures at home, was a weird one, and it just goes to show you that Bama's type of team, they'll probably be a five, maybe a six seed in the NCAA tournament. They've got losing first-round capabilities, but because they've been able to beat Gonzaga and Baylor and Houston, um, I believe they beat Arkansas earlier this year in the conference schedule as well, because they've beaten all these teams, they have the potential to go to the lead eight. I mean, they really do have – the quality to win those type of games but man they are inconsistent and I know a lot of teams feel they're inconsistent and and a lot of teams want to be want to strive for as much consistency as possible but theirs are I mean the the ceiling and floor differential is just huge with that team so you saw that I mean they've won these games recently against lesser teams they had a close one against Vanderbilt uh, not too long ago where, where Scotty Pippen Junior missed a free throw that would have tied it late. So they they have had close calls as well, but they hadn't had this kind of bad home loss in a while. Um, and just bad in that it wasn't a very close game. Not bad that, once again, A&M um, is bad. But, but they clocked South Carolina just last weekend, so it seemed like Bama was getting uh, some ducks in a row as far as consistency. Their only loss uh, really since, really since uh, Auburn. I mean, if you look at – I'm going through their schedule right now. Here is Alabama's losses prior to that A&M game in the month of February. They lost to Auburn. They lost at home to Kentucky. And they lost on the road to Kentucky. That was their previous three losses until this Texas A&M game. So they had been playing uh, a little more consistent. And, and unfortunately for them, they took a, a step back. Now their seeding shouldn't be greatly affected because of that. But uh, certainly if you're an Auburn fan and, and you – tune in a few minutes early and you, and you see Texas A&M running around uh, playing the way they did on, on Alabama's home floor, that, it's a, it's a two-for-one type of night if you're Auburn. Yeah. Auburn wins a, a regular season championship and then sees Alabama sputter at home in their last home game. Pretty great for Auburn Tigers fans. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call to join the show at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn Bank is our proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live on 3 posting a little bit earlier today. Bruce Pearl is your SEC Coach of the Year. Do not overthink this. Auburn was picked to finish fifth. They will finish first, and he did it with four transfers, three are sophomores, and a true freshman moving into the top six of the rotation. Luke, do you think Bruce Pearl deserves to be the SEC Coach of the Year? Um, you know, like you just said, Auburn was predicted to finish um, fifth behind, I'm pretty sure it was Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky. And the fact that we end the season with the chance to pretty much be on top of all of them right. with the regular season title. Plus, like you said, the four transfers, um, one coming from Georgia, one of your rivals and whatnot. Um, I th- I'd say he has a case for it. If not, I mean, besides the end of the season, he's been playing great. I mean, the team's been playing great all year, coached by him. 
no doubt. I, I think he's got to be the uh, the coach of the year favorite there for uh, the SEC, and uh, really impressive what he's done with this line. I mean, obviously, also you look at the fact that we've got the transfers. Okay, keep in mind your top returning score from a year ago was Alan Flanagan, who was out with an Achilles injury to start the year. So you're concerned. Okay, how do we just kind of maintain without Flanagan being in the mix? And then you're able to be incredible, be number one in the country for the first time ever in school history. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious that he deserves to be the coach of the year. Yeah, and I think don't overthink it, what Hoganson said is the best approach here. I mean, yes, other guys have done good jobs. I mean, Bruce Pearl's not the only coach to have done a decent job this year. I mean, if you want to look on a lower scale, the fact that South Carolina is 9-8 and eight in the league, 18-11 overall – I don't think anyone thought South Carolina being the top half of the league right. contending for it. But, as you said, Auburn number one in the country. They're going to win the league. Some Kentucky fan might be, well, what about Kentucky? They're they're in line with one seed. Okay, great. But you had every bit as much talent as Auburn you're did. Do that every year. Bring it in. And they actually brought in the same caliber transfer, um, you know, because Kellen Grady, what he did at Davidson, uh, severe wheeler what he did at georgia yep so it's not like walker kessler's this you know unbelievable thing that that kentucky didn't replicate over there oscar chiway's transfer yep so kentucky cal did a great job but auburn's still going to best that team auburn's still going to be in front of that team as provided that they beat south carolina yep. on saturday and so as i said getting ranked number one first time ever um winning this league outright you know other guys did good jobs but bruce pearl did the best job Kentucky also has C.J. Frederick on their roster, a sharpshooter from Iowa who played four years in the Big Ten, has yet to play a game this entire season due to injury for the Wildcats, uh, which is a bummer for C.J. to get to the opportunity to play there uh, for that team and not be able to. You also have Shaden Sharp, who comes in in the middle of the year, the number one player in the class of 2022, jumps in and joins your team early. You've decided not to play them at all, but that just shows you just how talented and how deep this Kentucky team is. So they're taking care of business on their end of things. We've got to take care of business by paying some bills here in this break, and then when we come back, we're going to start to get some of your phone calls and celebrate some birthdays in sports. You're listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports talk show. This is Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM. I don't know how this happened, uh, but yes, that is Felice Navidad bringing us back from break. JJ Jackson, Luke Fleury, Javon Cutler, Ryan Lavoy. We're all shook. I did. I don't We've know. We've been what happened. bamboozled. I don't know what happened. Definitely past Christmas by this uh, point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, here we are. 
doing an Auburn sports <laughs> talk show on the radio. And uh, what day is it? March 3rd? Yeah. Just a little off. Slightly okay. off. Just slightly off. Is it okay to always be in the Christmas spirit, though? Is that okay? I'll be honest. Yeah. I don't know how that got in there. <laughs> I, I usually handle logs, but you know what? You celebrated... Uh, uh, President's Day a week late, so might as well celebrate Christmas two months late. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's Brooks Childress. And Brooks does do our log every single day, and I'm so grateful that he does that. I mean, it's a, it's a chore in itself from time to time, so I'm very, very appreciative of that taking place. But uh, yeah, we, did, we didn't mean for that to happen. Did not mean for that to be out there on the airwaves. So... Uh, let's do this. Let's keep moving forward. We want to take your phone calls and we'll try to recover from there. I mean, are you shook? Yeah. <laughs> All of us are shook, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's... We were not Ooh, expecting that. I was not, not expecting, expecting that, no. That. 887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 if you would like to call in and be a part of our show here today as we take this opportunity to go to our Auburn Bank phone line. We bring on... James from Montgomery. James has called into today's show. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle to you, sir. Yeah, I was just watching Auburn and um, what? Who we were playing? Mississippi State? I thought in the fourth quarter, I thought we were going to lose it, but I was praying to the basketball gods that we were going to actually make a comeback, and we actually did. Yes, we did. We did make a comeback, and we won in overtime. Yeah, we did. And um, they were, like, in the third quarter, almost to the fourth quarter, they were saying that Auburn, this will be Auburn's first time ever since 1960, their first time ever winning a national championship uh, basketball game in Auburn uh, program history. Yeah, I don't know about that. You've, you've got those numbers confused a little bit. It's just the fourth SEC title ever for the Auburn Tigers, but they have yet to uh, win a national championship. That's something they haven't done yet, and hopefully they can do it this season. They've never done that before, though. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that this weekend, I know we're going to have a really uh, good crowd at home against uh, South Carolina. So this is senior night for some of the guys that are going to be playing their last uh, time playing at Auburn and uh, seeing what those guys are actually going to step up before, you know, before they actually take their journeys into the NBA uh, draft uh, whenever that time does come for them as well. Yeah, James, that's actually the bigger thing in all of this, right, is that this is an Auburn basketball team that doesn't have to rely much at all on seniors. And really, you look at the roster and the only seniors that you can think of are guys that transferred in from other programs, whether that be somebody like Zepp Jasper, who's playing in a senior season. Auburn does have a couple of walk-ons that will be recognized for senior day festivities. And Jabari Smith is obviously going to go on to the next level and play at the NBA. There's a chance Walker Kessler makes that decision as well. But for the most part, Auburn doesn't have to worry about too many players uh, graduating and looking for other opportunities. Yeah, because I'm looking at, like, uh, Jamari Jasper. I'm looking at probably, like, a first-round, second-round draft pick to the Atlanta Hawks or to the Miami Heat or maybe, like, a third or uh, a fifth or sixth round to the Cleveland Cavaliers, just to name a, a couple of teams out there that might want to look at him as a, as a good uh, as a good NBA uh, contender to actually play with those teams as well. Oh yeah, no, you're definitely laying out all the uh, all the stops there and, and giving a lot of teams some praise and love. But there's only two rounds in the NBA draft, James, and uh, it's Zepp Jasper, not Jamari. Unfortunately, oh. it doesn't look like he has too many opportunities 
to play at the next level, but you just never know. You never know. Yeah, because I'm looking at, like, uh, Walker Kessler. I'm probably seeing him like a, a first-round draft pick with the Dallas Mavericks or maybe like a second-round draft pick to uh, to the uh, Brooklyn Nets or to uh, the championship team with uh, with uh, the Boston Celtics, just to, just to name those few teams off of that list, off that first round draft, just to give him a good uh, a good explanation of what he's going to actually face when he hits uh, the NBA draft or the lottery draft in the NBA as well. Yeah, the lottery is just the four, first fourteen picks of the draft there in the first round and. Uh, you know, you remember the Milwaukee Bucks winning the championship last year over the Phoenix Suns. So we will see what team drafts Jabari Smith and what team drafts Walker Kessler because those are the two guys uh, that are expected to be drafted and playing at the next level. Yeah, because I'm I'm actually looking at this last game on our schedule and seeing if we're going to have uh, a really good uh, a, a really good home crowd at home in uh, Neville Arena and seeing if we're going to actually bring that fire to South Carolina Gamecocks, and I think we might as well uh, go out with a, a big win on uh, senior night uh, for this weekend as well. Tell me what that looks like. What does it look like to bring the fire to the South Carolina Gamecocks? Describe that for me. Um, well, when I do say bring the fire, I mean like with Walker Kessler, he's a really good guy. He, he has a really good advantage on offense and a strong defense when he plays on defense as well. And and he actually keeps the team together just like glue. So I think with Walker Kessler being being that uh, key component to the glue, uh, you know, just to keep the team together instead of you know breaking apart like a cookie. So he brings that that uh, that hard uh, the hard mentality uh, to to the Auburn men's basketball team as well. And so that's bringing the fire. Yes, and then with uh, some of the other guys on the team that actually, you know, has a really good, um, like, you know, with um, KD Johnson, he's a really good guy that I think uh, yesterday actually bringing, bringing a lot of fire to him as well because I know with, with his background of losing his brother, I mean, that's very hard for him to – I mean, it's a very good uh, component because I can see all the different uh, facial expressions you know, how he has it just to keep the team uh, together as well. Yeah, no, he's a very, very fun player to watch play basketball. Uh, Super great basketball player for the Tigers, and he scored a lot of points in overtime to help them win that game. So a very important piece for Robert. Yeah, James, uh, what else is on your mind for today? Well, I'm actually going to be looking at the uh, NFL Scouting Combine. That's going to be coming up in a few hours from now. And I'm actually going to see who's going to step up and, uh, you know, see who's going to actually step up and, and actually uh, make some great uh, great experience in uh, Indianapolis today and seeing um, who I'm going to actually look forward to seeing on um, on NFL Sunday just coming up uh, fall of the NFL weekend as well. Yeah, we've got a couple of players from the SEC, James, when you talk about the NFL scouting combine. Derek Stingley. And then Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral have both said they're not going to participate at the NFL Combine. What do you think about that, Derek Stingley and Matt Corral? Um, well, with that, I mean, if they're not going to participate, I mean, they could make a, a good impression on the NFL 
So I'm, I'm probably seeing uh, Matt Corral actually stepping up, you know, just to making a really good first round or second round draft pick, maybe with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Kansas City Chiefs, just to give those two teams uh, a good uh, qualification to see who they're going to be looking for. What position do you see Matt Corral playing at the next level? Um, I'll probably see him like at a wide receiver or defensive back as as just to give him those uh, two positions as well. Remember, he played quarterback at Ole Miss. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, probably, probably the quarterback position, and uh, seeing if he's going to step up in that first round draft pick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, seeing what they're going to do with him as well when uh, training camp actually comes to his to his um, you know to his yeah. He would have big shoes to fill replacing Tom Brady. Yeah, yes, he really does as well. Because with Tom Brady, I mean, he's a really good guy. I'm not going to, you know, steer their ship in the wrong direction. But, you know, I I think with Tom Brady, he was a really good guy. And I'll probably see great things coming out of of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization as well of uh, this coming up uh, football season as well. Yeah, James, uh, I'm just curious. Who do you think the Cowboys um, should take as far as a position or a specific player? Not as uh, not as a quarterback uh, standpoint because with uh, Dak Prescott, he's going to be staying with the Cowboys. So I'm thinking we might look at like a defensive end or a tight end as well because we're just losing a lot of players left and right on our on our uh, draft boards. We just lost uh, we just lost uh, um, uh, Van Der Esch, so he's gone. And we're just trying to see who who's going to step up with with that uh, position being open for the Cowboys as well. Yeah, it should be interesting to see who the Cowboys um, get. I'm sure they're going to draft really well. They've done that the past couple of years. So you never know what the Cowboys are going to do. But what else is on your mind today, James? Well, I've been looking at some NFL news, and I'm trying to see if that if, uh, if uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to stay with Kansas City Chiefs. Or are they going to trade him to the Washington Commanders? What do you think about that? I Honestly, I haven't heard that rumor before. Um, I was under the assumption that Mahomes is going to stay in Kansas City. I mean, the fan base loves him. Uh, he's making. He has a huge contract on the books as well. I'm sure that Andy Reid would love to have him until Andy Reid retires and Biennemi is back there as well. So I haven't heard that uh, rumor before as far as Mahomes maybe going to the Commanders, even though the Commanders do need a quarterback, but I don't see personally that happening, to be honest with you, James. Yeah, because I've been, um, I've been, you know, seeing if that is a really good uh, thing, if the Washington Commanders do need Patrick Mahomes. So I think with the Kansas City Chiefs, everybody's been saying that the Kansas City Chiefs might make it to the Super Bowl. I'll just have to say that's a big no on that one. I, I want to see Kansas City – uh, going back to the Super Bowl, I mean, it could be another team, maybe like the New Orleans Saints, the Buffalo Bills, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Las Vegas Raiders, or the Baltimore Colts. I mean, the uh, the Indianapolis Colts as well, just to name those few teams to actually step up for uh, Super Bowl 57 as well. James, it was uh, very good to hear from you today. Do you have any final thoughts for us before we let you go? 
Um, no final thoughts for today, but I'll talk to you all on Friday as well. We uh, we actually do not have a show tomorrow because of Auburn softball. So uh, unfortunately, make sure you listen to the Auburn softball team because James, those girls are sixteen and one. They're having a really wow. good season this year. So uh, we won't have a show tomorrow because they've got to play a game. But we'll be back on Monday. But uh, how do you feel about the Auburn softball team? Uh, the Auburn softball team is really doing a really good job for me, and I will listen to that. Show, I will listen to that game tomorrow, and um, I wish those girls, I wish those ladies, the big war eagle as well. Awesome, yeah, they're they're going to enjoy that, and hopefully they can improve to seventeen and one after tomorrow's game. Okay. All right, sounds good, and talk to y'all guys on Monday. Talk to you on Monday, War Eagle. All right, War Eagle. War Eagle, our buddy James from Montgomery joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take a commercial break. Chance to catch our breath, and we're back with more of your phone calls right after this on Sports Call. the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson with Javon Cutler, Luke Fleury, and Ryan LaVoy having a great show here today so far. And a really good phone call a moment ago from James from Montgomery. The Auburn men's basketball team are SEC champions. They got it done, point blank, period. Yes, there are room and, and reasons to be concerned for this basketball team, but they are 26-4, and four, and for just the fourth time ever, Auburn has won an SEC championship Half of the championships that Auburn has won in men's basketball have been under the leadership of Bruce Pearl. So please, let's be positive, let's be fired up, and let's celebrate this big title for the Tigers. Give us a phone call, 334-887-3401. Our next caller due up. Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve now joins us on the program. Hi, Steve. Well, in the words of Coach of the Year, Bruce Pearl, these suckers don't come easy. That's right. They don't. I'll tell you, they don't come easy for me last night. You know, uh, I know you weren't on the show yesterday, uh, J.J., but I told the guys on there, hey, I'm going completely med-free uh, for last night's game. No Pepto-Bismol, no liquor, and by God, I paid a price for it. Yeah, that was a <laughs> wild game. You pay, You know, you're familiar with uh, Charles Dickens' uh, Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Right, right. Right. Well, it was like that for me last night. Then it went to the best of times again. 
Oh, my God. You know, first I kept, I don't know about you guys, I said, we're going to do it again. We're going to blow a 19-point lead to a team that shouldn't be in the game. And thank gosh, and I say war damn to Mr. K.D. Johnson. Without him, we lose the game probably. Yeah, he took over. He had a great overtime period for the Tigers, and that was a big reason why they won. But the reason he was in there is because finally, finally they were listening to me. I kept yelling on TV, Pearl, call a damn timeout. And he finally did and put in the right people. He put in who? Katie Johnson, Zeb Jasper, and Mr. Wendell Green, along with Kessler and Jabari Smith. Because I love Fanny, but he, he was not doing as he favors last night. Yeah, Flanagan's been struggling all season long. You could just tell something's not right right with him it might be a mental thing as far as his shot selection things like that but yeah Flanagan definitely has been struggling not only in this game but or in the past game but the whole season now Mr. Ryan LaVoy yes sir you made an excellent observation I'd like to hear yours and other people's comments how do we stop this crap of the offensive rebounding again we were taken to the woodshed last night by Mississippi State they out rebounded us uh yeah you know, and how do you explain it took, took the entire second half for us to score 21 points, but yet we do it in five minutes scoring 20 points? Uh, on the rebounding, that was Luke. Uh, I made the point about the, the, the 21 points in the in the uh, second half, 20 in the OT. Um, you know, they've had that, as far as the scoring, they've had that uh, in the second half of road games really – I, since I can remember, maybe not the first few road games that the SEC play, but they have these five, six, seven, eight-minute stretches where they don't score, they only score once, and it's usually it doesn't come when they're losing. It usually comes when they're up. Um, I, I think of the Arkansas game, they were up eight or nine points when it happened, and then Arkansas stormed back. Um, the Tennessee game, they got up 11 in the second half, and then they missed a layup in transition, and then the top came off of Thompson Bowling, and Tennessee went on a huge run after that, and Auburn didn't score for a while. So the the scoring runs in the second half have been hard to figure and concerning. Now, as far as the rebounding, uh, yeah, they, they uh, it's a bit odd. It was not the Auburn been a good rebounding team all year long, but these last two games they have been manhandling the boards, and I. I wonder if it has part to do with Walker Kessler appearing to have a little bit of a shoulder ailment. Um, you saw that that protective uh, brace that he wore on his left shoulder. Uh, that's starting to be right. talked about a little bit more today and how his rebound numbers are still good but not as dominant as what we've seen most of the year. And and, and, well, and, one, and one guy, to be clear, one guy doesn't make up 20 rebounds. But um, that – that is your best rebounder. Jabari's done a good job on the glass, uh, but that is an interestingly disappointing stat these last two games. There's no doubting that. Well, tell me this. What explains when KD gets the ball, and he was psycho last night in the second in that overtime game, but when he goes for the ball, and I know you saw, I mean, he was being mauled and manhandled by people who's trying to go and make a basket, but no, no fouls are hardly ever called uh, when KD Johnson's got the ball. They'll be called against him. But they sure won't be called in his favor. Yeah, it felt kind of weird last night, some of the foul calls, because it felt like whenever Mississippi State uh, had a player driving into the lane or something, boom, you got a quick whistle. But then when Auburn was driving into the lane or anything 
of that instance, then it felt like the, wef- the refs swallowed their rip- whistles. So, honestly, I don't know. The refereeing or the officiating wasn't the best, I'd say, at towards the end there. So, I don't know. It's Sometimes the refs, you know, as we've all c- grown accustomed to for Auburn fans, sometimes the refs don't favor you at all. And then uh, some of the plays, you know, uh, was finally, I was really happy to see uh, Mr. Barry Smith become more aggressive, you know, going straight to the basket, you know, and making that last dunk uh, at the very end. And how about that? Uh, I could believe the pass. Remember when Wendell Green, it was an overtime, I think, wasn't it? We fell on the floor and made that uh, backhanded pass. Over to Zepp Jasper and then to Jamari oh, yeah. and then into Cambridge for a three. Yeah, that was an incredible sequence. Uh, so that that was, uh, but why do we have to wait to overtime? I mean, uh, my heart can't really take this anymore at seven years of age. Uh, they, I mean, they can't they get it get it done, please, in regular. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, uh, the season's <laughs> getting closer to a uh, to a finish line. So now, guys, if you were the coach, would you go ahead and just let Mr. Kessler just have a a game off for the final game on Saturday, or not? Um. I mean, personally, I would limit his minutes probably on Saturday. Like, I wouldn't have him play the usual amount of time he does, um, so maybe 10, 15 minutes because you should take care of a South Carolina team that, while they are still technically alive for an NCAA tournament possible appearance, I don't think they're going to make it that far, or they'll probably just be an NIT team at best. So if I were Coach Pearl, I'd probably just play Kessler 10 to 15 minutes, especially if you take care of business early, and just let him rest up until the SEC tournament. And I will, I will add that I saw... Guys, t- Javon, I know that was you. Excuse me, but you know, 10 or 15 minutes. But it can happen any time. I don't want him to re-injure it. We need him for the, the March playoffs, do we not? I mean, we do, obviously. Yeah, we're going to need him at 100%. Hey, but can we not be... Can, uh, this is a bad South Carolina team. Can we not beat them at home without um, there, him? So, uh, two things, Steve, I, I want to add. One, I saw Bruce Pearl... Uh, talk about it today and he said that they were going for it on Saturday which means they're not trying to hold anything back so I'm not I'm not very confident we will see any adjustments and rotations or minutes or anything uh, like that Um, secondly I do want to point out uh, you said bad South Carolina team I get it they're not going to the NCAA tournament they however do have the same conference record as Florida and Alabama they played pretty good in the SEC, and they were going to at least make the NIT. Uh, so they're not bad. They're not great. They're not bad. They're right in the middle of the SEC. I think Auburn is going to win this game pretty easily, but it's because they're at home. I think the South Carolina team that Auburn played at the beginning of the year is far different than the South Carolina team that we see now. Plus, South Carolina has a good defense, too. I mean, their defense is always top-notch, so you should expect a hard fought game between the Tigers and the Gamecocks on Saturday. Did you happen to hear Mr. Dylan Cardwell's comments on the postgame show? What did he say? When, uh, um, who was, I think it was, um... Andy Bertram? Uh, yeah, maybe may been Andy Bertram, but anyway, they asked him about uh, how he feel about the game. He says, we're proud, but we're not finished. That's right. Still some work to be done. Got to win the outright Still title and go on to the SEC tournament in Tampa. So, do we now? Uh, Joe Lenardi says we should be number one uh, seed. You guys think that's going to work out for for us in the uh, tournament? Um, Not SEC tournament, but NCAA tournament. I mean, I think Auburn will slide into that one seed. It's obviously going to be a um, 
Depends on what region they get, but it should be a um, good matchup, I think, for whoever Auburn plays. Um, it helps that Auburn does have a lot of quality wins on their resume. The losses they have had, they haven't been terrible, terrible losses. All the teams that they've lost to, the teams should be in the NCAA tournament. So I think for Auburn, they're deserving of that one seed. And um, I understand that teams, I didn't know this until I read that Duke was coach, uh, was, that's your, that's your uh, second team, right, there, Mr. J.J.? That's right. Mr. Mike Shevsky was asking the NCAA to let them have the South uh, Regional uh, uh, Tournament uh, uh, District. Is that right? The Midwest region is what he was asking for. Yes. The Midwest, okay. So Auburn can ask for uh, likely uh, as well. They can make that request, what they want to play. Only the number one overall seed can make that request. And so, I mean, oh, team... not just number one seed, the, the entire number, number one Correct. Seed. Correct. And so Gonzaga is in that spot. So Duke likely is not going to have that granted uh but but yes coach k did say for his final season he wants to play in the midwest if they are the number one overall seed because he's from chicago and that's where the sweet 16 and elite eight games would be played and for him to kind of keep his uh final season kind of going back home would be special to him but it does not look like even he's going to have his request auburn if they were able to surpass you know arizona and gonzaga and some of those teams right now currently ahead of them they could decide if they want to play in the east region the south region you don't have any say whatsoever in what the bracket looks like the other teams that are there they don't give you any preview of that the only thing you could pick is what part of the country you would like to play in all right tell me uh truth or false I've been reading uh, some sports columns saying that uh, apparently in the past several years, I don't know how long they, they went back, but it, it has no bearing or little bearing. It uh, doesn't really send the matter to the selection committee whether a team like, say, Auburn or whoever wins the SEC tournament in terms of their seedings, that Auburn could just as well uh, go out uh, in, in, the, uh, in their round and it really, or if they could win the SEC tournament and it would affect. Is that correct? I, I think that it absolutely – I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, it's it's just a year-by-year, case-by-case. I don't think that there's always this one blanket statement as to how your conference tournament is going to affect the bracketology within your uh, place did. But think, for example, the teams on the bubble, you're in a position where if you do not play well in your tournament, if you're one and done there, that keeps you from being in and out of play whatsoever and so for Auburn this year specifically I think it absolutely helps your case to be a one seed if you do also win your conference tournament well I mean I think there's a way I think there's a way for Auburn to be the number one seed as well without winning or be a one seed without winning the SEC tournament I do think that is possible but it's way 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 more possible and probable that they get that one seed if they also win the SEC tournament and what way does that happen Steve I mean there are all those scenarios that you then have to start figuring out because you ask yourself, okay, what do the other seeds around Auburn do in their conference tournaments and then have to make a decision? So it really is something that we are not going to know the answer to until next Sunday, hours before Selection Sunday, when the final conference tournament championship games are played. Auburn would be playing in the SEC tournament championship next Sunday and then finding out later that night what seed they are in the NCAA tournament. Understood. So, Coach Pearl... Uh, is he being considered at all for National Coach of the Year? I haven't seen any haven't watch seen list published there. yet, but I would imagine so. What are you think his chances are for SEC Coach of the Year? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but uh, very high. Hopefully people don't overthink this, like Justin Hokinson said. Okay, Defensive Player of the Year uh, in the SEC. Will that be or not be, uh, Mr. 
Walker Kessler. It's got to be Walker Kessler. It's got to be. Anybody else in, 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 you know, in competition for it that's near? Sheway. Oscar Sheboy would have a second, would have a case. Yeah. You know, there there are probably some guards out there that I'm not thinking of right at this moment that would that would like Ty to have a word. Ty is up there as Ty a Ty is up there guard, as a good but... defensive guard. So uh, yeah, there are going to be other people in consideration for sure. But uh, we, we think that Walker Kessler deserves the award. Is that award announced before the end of the SEC tournament or after the SEC tournament? It'll be announced uh, that the first of this upcoming week. Okay, gotcha, guys. Thank goodness I can take a deep breath now and, and relax until Saturday. Uh, but, you know, we had a Quinella last night, right? You know, in, in horse racing, in, in dog racing, you have a trifecta, you have a Quinella. Well, we had a Quinella yesterday. The baseball team, softball team, basketball team, and then Alabama lost. Yep. That's right. Quinella. All of it came they together. Lose, they got embarrassed by not great A&M team. Right. But, uh, but as Tom Peavy said, Go figure, right? Anything can happen. Anything can All happen. Right. Guys, are you going to the South Alabama, uh, to the South Carolina game? We will be in attendance. Yeah, we'll be over that way. How many of you guys? It'll be myself and uh, Ryan Lavoy that are going to be there. Okay. Will you be announcing the uh, uh, the uh, softball games? I will be uh, on the call tomorrow, and so that's why we will not have a show then. But uh, I'm on the call tomorrow, and then on Sunday I'm actually on the ACC network for Georgia Tech and Duke. Okay, well, you're taking care of business. Right? Yep, trying to. All right, guys, thank you for your time. I know my time is way, way up as usual. So have a safe and relaxing, entertaining weekend. I know I will. So until uh, Monday, guys, War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our buddy retired War Dam Steve joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 to be a part of the show. Good to hear from Steve there talking about all things happening in the world of Auburn athletics. All right, as we get to the end of the first hour of today's program, let's celebrate some birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports here today on March 3rd, 2022. I'm going to let Ryan Lavoy have the honors here today on the program. Who's got a birthday today, Ryan? <clears throat> well, up first is Jason Tatum turning 24 today, small forward for the Boston Celtics. Coming out of high school, Tatum was the third-ranked recruit in the 2016 class and signed with Duke. Played one year at Duke and went into the draft where the Celtics selected him first overall in 2017. He has been starting for Boston since, making the all-rookie team in 2018. is a three-time All-Star. Duke! I could say it a little louder for the people up there. <laughs> he was on the team that lost to South Carolina. I didn't want to hear that in the uh, second Jason round. Tatum. How old is he now, though? Turns 24 today. Just 24. He's oh still young. Yeah, he's got more career in front <laughs> yeah. than behind. Wow. <laughs> Michael Thomas turns 29. Slant boy. I mean, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Thomas was a four-star recruit out of California. Really committing to play college football at The Ohio State in 2012. A major contributor on their 2014 national championship team amassed over 1,600 yards and 18 touchdowns in his career. He declared for the 2016 draft and was taken 47th overall by the New Orleans Saints. Now holds the NFL record for receptions in a single season because of said slants and has one led uh, has once led the league in yards. He has over 1,000 receiving yards in every season. He has been healthy and is a three-time Pro Bowler. He was the 2019 Offensive Player of the Year. Michael Thomas turns 29 today. Happy birthday, Michael Thomas. Herschel Walker turned 60, former NFL running back. Walker was born in Wrightsville, Georgia, and was a standout athlete in high school, graduated as Val Victorian in 1980, 
and went to UGA where he played football and ran track. Played three years at Georgia, ran, running for over 5,000 yards and scoring 53 touchdowns, three-time All-American, three-time SEC Player of the Year, and was a national champion, 1982 Heisman Trophy winner. Left the school after 1983, signed with the New Jersey Generals of the USFL. He eventually moved to the NFL where he would become a premier back for several teams, was a one-time USFL MVP and two-time Pro Bowler. Herschel Walker turns 60 today. Yeah, really good running back. Um, of course, way before our times, but a guy, you've seen the highlights. It's like, man, he had speed, power, pretty much the whole package. And I want to say he flirted with the UFC or MMA for a little yes. bit in like yep. the late 2000s, something like that. But happy birthday to Herschel Walker. And now about to make a political run, it appears. Yep. San Antonio Holmes turns 38, former NFL wide receiver. Holmes led his team to two state championships and played college football at Ohio State. Over his Buckeyes career, caught 140 passes for 3,496 yards and 25 touchdowns, was drafted 25th overall in the 2006 draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He helped the Steelers win Super Bowl, Roman numeral Pier, catching nine <laughs> passes for 131 yards and a touchdown, was named MVP of the game. I don't know what Super Bowl number that was, if anyone would like to... Help me out. What about okay. 39, 40? Something like that. Two. Can I see the? Can I read? X L I I forty three. Yes, forty three. Okay. Yeah, forty three. I can read. Do I just you, don't take the time to. Do you remember that Super Bowl? Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> that, that was an amazing Super Bowl. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean that was a great Super Bowl. I wanted the Cardinals uh, to win for sure. I yeah. want you to be honest though, Luke, because you look. That was two thousand and nine. Okay, I need you to be honest <laughs> with me. You would have been like four. How, what year were you born? Uh, 2004. Uh, so you were five. <laughs> Mate, when's your birthday? September. Yeah, you hadn't even turned yeah. five yet. You were four years old. You don't remember that happening live. No, but yeah. I've seen the highlight. You've seen the highlight. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I will never forget that ever. Because, you know, that was like I the 12, 13 year old. JJ and I was like, that, "What? I, I have Did he really catch teams, that? Man. Did I mean, he was, really catch that?" That was a crazy Super Bowl in general. Yeah. You had the James Harrison like hundred yard pick right. six. You had yeah, the amazing Gerald catch. just scored right I'd before say, it yeah, on a breakaway. Sure the I said, had it. "Oh my yeah. gosh, they won!" And I was heartbroken. <laughs> you were thrilled when that happened, and yeah, here we were, hundreds of miles apart, man, and, and wanting different outcomes. Yeah. Happy birthday to Santonio Holmes. Yeah, happy birthday to him. Big part of that Super Bowl, obviously. Bob Bradley turned 64, head coach of Toronto FC. Bradley grew up in New Jersey and played soccer at Princeton following his graduation to enter coaching at Ohio and was head coach of the Bobcats after just one year at the age of 22. He jumped to the MLS in 1996 and has moved around at that level since. Uh, not on the page, but was absolutely the head coach of the U.S. men's national team for a while as well. Bob Bradley turns 64 today. Happy birthday. I, I'm very aware of his existence. When I first saw Bob Bradley's name just listed, did not register with me who that was Ooh. again. And then we start talking soccer, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. USA yeah. head coach yeah. and can picture him and Son everything. Michael and was the bald-headed number, midfielder. He wore number oh, yeah. four. Yeah. I remember everything. Uh, I remember yeah. those details. <laughs> yeah. uh, just the name didn't quite register with me. Luke was born in 2004. He's the youngest voice in the history of this program, and uh, we're thrilled that uh, he's here with us. And yeah, this is fun. It makes me feel a little bit older. Well, which see, is cool. you you get mad at when Tom does this all the time. Right now, here you are. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tom's like, well, you guys are too young for this. We don't. Well, you wouldn't 90s, know that. Yeah. 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 
I'm sorry. Luke's a great person. I'm glad he's here on the program today. All right. Let's take a break. We're out of time in the first hour alongside Mr. Luke Flurry, Mr. Javon Cutler, Mr. Ryan LaVoy. My name is Mr. J.J. Jackson. One hour in the books and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Luke Fleury, Javon Cutler, and Ryan LaVoy as we're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. Got to let you know about our friends over at Hometown Lenders. Of course, if you're looking to buy or refinance the home that you're currently living in, not sure which loan is right for you, just ask the folks at Hometown Lenders. Hometown Lenders' team of experts can help you no matter your situation. From first-time buyers to those about to retire, so don't fight with the loan process on your own. Contact Hometown Lenders at 256-476-0823. News of the day. Auburn men's basketball wins, and they have claimed a share of the SEC championship following a, an overtime victory last night over Mississippi State. Uh, what do you think, Javon? Why is this so significant? How awesome is it? As, again, Auburn, the SEC champions. It's amazing. I mean, for Auburn to have another SEC a regular season title, it just means that this program continues to build and build and build, and it's showing that Bruce Pearl was definitely deserving of that extension. I know there's been some talks from some certain callers, not going to call that person out by their name, saying that Bruce Pearl didn't deserve that extension. Anthony from <laughs> Auburn. <laughs> say, I'm, wait, I'm too nice. I'm too nice sometimes. I'll admit it. But, um, but yeah, for Bruce Pearl to take this team, especially with a lot of transfers too, it wasn't like they had this whole team last year and they're coming back. You had to mix in some transfers this year. You had to mix in – a five-star freshman. So what Bruce Pearl's done with this team has been really impressive. Auburn was picked to win or picked fifth in the SEC before the season started. So for Bruce Pearl to do this amazing job with the talent that he's assembled has been really impressive. And for this team to even have a brief run at number one for the first time ever in program history has was amazing. So for Auburn, it just shows you that the sky's the limit still with this basketball team. And they've been resilient, even though they've had their rough stretches throughout the past couple of weeks. They're still a resilient team. They still have what it takes, I believe, to make a Final Four run and even win the national championship. But, hey, just got to give all props to Bruce Pearl for what he's done with this program the past couple of years in terms of bringing them up 
to national relevance and just being able to continue to build on this program. And just real quick, um, also the fans. I mean, the fans have played a huge part in this season as well. They've done a great job traveling to the various SEC arenas and other arenas across the country. It felt like Auburn Arena was there last night. I mean, even on the free throws, like you hear the clap, clap, AU, you heard that pretty loud um, during the game last night. You even heard um, it's great to be an Auburn Tiger as Katie Johnson was knocking down some free throws. So great job by Bruce Pearl. Great job by this Auburn basketball team as a whole. And I'm excited to see what this team does, not only in the SEC tournament, but also in the NCAA tournament coming up as well. Uh, yeah, like you just covered, you know, very significant to, um, you know, for, for the fourth time, I'm pretty sure, to um, regular season champs. Getting the job done. Hit, we hit some bumps on the road, especially those three road losses to um, Arkansas, Florida, and Tennessee. But like you said, with the way Auburn was coming into the season with a couple transfers, Katie Johnson, Zepp, Kessler, and um, Wendell, and projected fifth to finish behind Bama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky. Um, and to come in and, like you said, national relevance, appeared at number one for three weeks, I'm pretty sure. Um, being in Joe Lenardi's bracketology, number one seeds, like when was when was the last time we've had that kind of relevance? Plus, I mean, when was the last time you've seen fans camping out to come to our games? Yeah, that's true. You, you don't you don't see that often, especially not in Auburn, who's not really known. Well, I guess now we are known for being a basketball school, but yeah, I mean, so far this season's been great. Hoping to um, you know extend it to the SC tournament, probably would be the one seed, and um, just go on from there. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine. Again, I want to say thank you to Brooks Childress for sitting in this chair yesterday, uh, making sure the show was on the air. We had a good one for a couple of hours before the Auburn athletic events took place. I was in Atlanta with the Auburn softball team. The Tigers won by a score of nine to one. They are now sixteen and one overall on the season. A story that broke yesterday evening as well, or excuse me, Tuesday evening, going into Wednesday as uh, reports from Dennis Dodd with CBS Sports saying that college football has rule changes aimed at shortening the games that will be discussed by the NCAA. Did you guys see this headline on Tuesday evening going into Wednesday? Honestly, I did not see it. All right, it's very interesting, so let's take a look at this and discuss as uh, you're intrigued, Ryan, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, missed us. <laughs> Pace yeah. of play is something that you're a, a big fan well, of. Well, you know, I only need to see so many CBS commercials, although <laughs> they are about to lose the, the rights. But, yeah, college football games are going up in, in time, so With let's hear it. player safety more at the forefront than ever before, the NCAA is looking into limiting exposure by reducing the number of plays that occur each game. There are two significant changes the Rules Committee is set to discuss this week in Indianapolis around the Combine that would make the college game more similar to the NFL. Dennis Dodd has reported that the NCAA will look into treating incomplete passes the same as runs out of bounds and no longer stopping the clock after each first down are the two uh, big discussions there. Stopping the clock with the incomplete passes, that's the one I want a little bit more clarification. They're saying they won't stop the clock for that? Let me continue to read. College football games with more clock stoppages than the NFL regularly exceed three hours in length and can sometimes last as long as four hours. Beginning in 2008, the clock started after runs and fumbles out of bounds when the referee signaled ready for play. Previously, the clock started on the snap after such play. 
The committee is considering treating incomplete passes the same way the rule would be in effect until late in the first half or perhaps the final two to five minutes of each half, according to uh, Steve Shaw, who's quoted in Dennis Dodge reporting. I need to read that again. <laughs> what do these <laughs> yahoos think they're doing? <laughs> no, this is great that I didn't know about this, so I can just blow up on this. Are you, For an incomplete pass, you're se- not going to stop the clock. It doesn't feel like it. Unless just for a couple fight. seconds to spot spot the ball. Right. and then do they Have they watched an NFL game? That's not what happens <laughs> like still, in the NFL. The clock is still stopped. Yes. Yes. And then also the other um, one would be first downs, the clock is going to continue to run. Could, Cause, cause, let me tell you what. Here's what, ooh, mm. here. You know what people are gonna absolutely love. All right, in this three and a half hour span, we're now gonna have instead of ninety plays, we're gonna have seventy plays a team, and it's gonna go from three and a half hours to three hours and ten minutes. But you know what? Don't worry, because we're gonna have the exact same amount of com- commercials. So less plays, same commercials. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're gonna have less time actually watching the play. But you're gonna have the exact same amount of time of commercials. That that's, it, I don't know. I mean, if if you if you wanted to mimic the NFL, and, and because the NFL obviously does a good job with three hour games, there that that's their average time. Um, you know, some games go three fifteen, but there no no NFL game if it doesn't go to overtime pushing four hours, never ever, uh, which does happen in the college game to their credit, but. A lot of those games are the national TV games that have, you know, X amount of commercial breaks that some of these smaller games don't have. And the biggest conversation as well online, again, this is a 24-7 sports story. The report comes from Dennis Dodd with CBS Sports, who's widely regarded as one of the top reporters in all of college football. Most of the reaction from fans, from college football junkies, yada, 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 is still, wait, rule changes Let's fix targeting first. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then yep. move forward. Yep. You know, because the, the, the player safety was the element they're trying to push forward here by limiting the number of plays. Hey, but if they get exposure. kicked out, they'll miss less plays. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, you know, if you want it, like I said, okay. Are you okay with the first down? That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That I mean, I don't love that you feel like you have to make the college game exactly like the program. Because you enjoy college football, not. you really do enjoy yeah. Saturdays watching college football. Where, where do I live? But you what also, do I talk about? but you love watching NFL football on Sundays. I do, and you're going to support them both. Yeah, okay. But I don't want them to be the exact same right. copies of each other. I mean, when you look at how the game is played, uh, take in take basketball. You play a 48 minute game in the NBA. Well, you play a 40 minute game in college. You have halves. I mean, it's it's different. And some people argue you should have quarters, but even still, it's a shorter game with a shorter three point line. There are some things that are different about the college pro game. Um, if you change all the timing rules, I mean, what what becomes different about the college game? I guess just overtime, which is which they've messed that up by the way, because oh, you know. Two point two yardage play, two yard plays. That's football, right? Two yard plays. That's all we should run after two overtimes. Um, you know, so that I mean, in general, uh, they just think of things to be stupid with. Uh, hopefully, the the incomplete pass thing. Well, I'll just never accept that. That that would be stupid. But the if you wanted to change the first downs. I mean, I, so it's you like know, it's talking I, about 2008 with the run out of bounds because 
for a lot of people, myself included, I'm watching football games from time to time and never, ever, ever able to understand when you can stop the clock versus... You know what I'm saying? Like, forever, I was always under the impression if I run out of bounds, the clock is going to stop. Right, right. And then you watch football, and if I run out of bounds, guess what? The clock is going to continue to move when they get back set, you know? And I'm like, what is happening? And then it's like, okay, well, we've got to wait till the final X minutes to get into this portion, and then we'll stop it to speed up the pace of play. Fine. I just, that never was advertised to me well, because I was just always under the impression it's just like it's always like it was at one point, where if you run out of bounds, the clock is going to stop. And so, yes, I think now this is that shift that they're trying to make with incomplete passes. Again, just Ugh. proposed discussions being uh, had this week in Indianapolis no. for the combine. I'm not cool with don't the incomplete passes I'm not a, either. Not a fan of it. No. I'm okay to switch the first down thing. Up. That's fine. Yeah, first downs are fine. You regardless, I'd rather you not, but you can. But regard, <laughs> you do you agree that you have to speed up how long a game takes? Um, no, because are, are you there, just want uh, to speed unless, up commercial breaks? Well, they're not we all we all do. Them. But I'm saying that if you're really looking into the matter. Stop the timeout after touchdown, timeout after kickoff nonsense. What's the need for that? That's right. that's a that's five minutes of commercials, almost six, but with one play in between. Now, how is that good for the speed of the game? Right. And it's I get not. it. It's money, okay. And I'm not stupid. I know that these are worth you millions have a of dollars. Degree, yeah. No, I know. You get it. But I know. But it's just like. I don't think anyone's like, you know what? I stopped watching college football because the average time went up from three hours and 10 minutes, three hours and 30 minutes. You know, and I don't know what the exact average time per game is, but no one is watching the Iron Bowl being like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to watch this next year. It just, it's just <laughs> takes so long. You know, I just I don't know if I can watch, you know, all this for this long. I mean, I, I, I specifically set a three-hour time limit on this, <laughs> yeah. and here it is. It's three hours and 25 minutes. We got five whole minutes to play. No one's saying that. I, there are some SEC on CBS games that approach four hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, easily. because you know? they do, the, the like I said, the timeout after touchdown, timeout after kickoff nonsense. Um, and, and I think – I fuzzy memory it's either two and a half minute media timeouts or three minute media timeouts i can't remember i'm trying to vision what gets put on those little boards uh on the in the the digital field boards play. on yeah, the if field it's two and a yeah. half or three it might it, and it might honestly vary depending on what network it's on um but the the problem is not what why would you why would you want less of something why why would you want instead of 170 or 80 plays total in game, 80 or 90 both ways, to have 140 or 130. Why would you want less of that? I Let's I, hear from you, Luke. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, kind of like what Ryan said, I don't see a problem with why we need to really shorten the games. I don't have a problem with it, but um, kind of like you were saying with the um, whole clock stopping, incomplete pass, I'm still kind of confused on what we're talking about there. Can you explain on that? Yeah, it's apparently... This is going to be a pass that is incomplete. And the clock still runs. The clock will stop for a moment. Oh, to, to set the ball. ball. To set okay. the ball. And then, boom, the ball is set. We're going to run, the, you know, before they snap the ball, but we're ready for play, the clock will continue to run. Okay. But, um, besides, because that's what I'm saying. Like, right yeah. now, it used to be when you run out of bounds, the clock is stopped until the ball is snapped. 
and you're back in action. But now you run out of bounds. The clock is stopped for a moment, and then we get the ball set up. We get it ready for play. They signal ready for play, and then you've got the opportunity to snap the ball. So the clock is technically still moving after you've ran out of bounds. That's what the incomplete passes would mimic, which is kind of silly. Silly. (laughs) (laughs) Luke's speechless at this point. He's speechless now. (laughs) I'm serious. If anyone can give me a good reason why you should have less plays in a game and, 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 and why you should have less plays in a game and how fans will be okay with that. How do you feel about Steve Shaw? I, I th- respect him overall, but I this is not a good move that he's proposing. Would you like his quote here? I'm afraid. There's an analogy. Go ahead and read. Oh, the analogy. Uh, What we've really tried to do up to today is find every component of the game that we can find to keep the game moving. We feel like we've squeezed that turn up to the end. We got all the juice out. The discussion is going to morph away from how much time elapses on your wristwatch to the play exposures of the student athlete. Miserable. More like a, mean, a safety emphasis there with the Yeah, which plays. is why they implemented the overtime rules. But it's like, okay, you really changed overtime rules because of like one game. You changed it because of the LSU Texas A&M game. You changed it because of a pure outlier that happens yeah, once I mean, out of every. How often do you go to set overtime? Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Game, so. Never. You go one every six, seven years. Something, something egregious like that. Usually, you have three or four overtimes, and you have the two point plays figured out ultimately in that. But I, I don't think they're making positive changes here. I don't think these are. I do, does it? Does that article say how likely these are to be approved, or are they just? purely in their adolescence as far as ideas yeah Yeah. and more of uh steve shaw his quote continues rather than say it took three hours 38 minutes to play the game our discussions have mainly become how many plays did it take how many exposures yeah so that's all about exposures yeah and uh, meaning safety and, and tough plays to be put in i (laughs) this last season over excuse me over the last three seasons Wake Forest and its up-tempo offensive attack averaged 86 plays per game, while run-oriented Navy averaged almost 30 fewer plays, 56 plays per game during the span. And so how can you kind of even that out? SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey quoted saying, I feel we want the creativity that we have in offenses. We want different approaches. That's what is unique about the college game still. Now, I think they should all have a limit on how many times they pass. Uh, <laughs> if we're gonna just be stupid here, uh, I think they can only to throw an XFL they can, they can only throw twenty five no. passes a game. No, no one's allowed. Oh, no. Only allowed to pass on second down. Nope. Every other oh. down second has to be second and third down. First down has to be a run. <laughs> oh no! Just there, they water down football like that. Ugh. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, and, and that's the thing with money, okay? And I'm, I don't want to open this huge can of worms because it is a can that's very large, full of worms. But with NIL, once you open that and you see all the money that can be made for players at various schools doing various things, et cetera, it's going to be hard to make them go back down, right? Like everyone feels it's a little out of control right now. Every, every, pretty much everyone's come around to you should be able to capitalize off your name, image, and likeness, but it's gone rampant to people making over a million dollars, and they've never played it down. Quinn Ewers at Ohio State made a million dollars, then he transferred. I mean, he didn't even do anything at the school. So people are now saying, well, we need to dumb it down a notch. We need to 
control a little bit more. Well, it's going to be so difficult because everyone's like, well, well, this guy made a million. Why can't I make a million? Or this guy made three different $100,000 deals. Why can't I make that? And, and so you've opened this situation where people feel they can get up to that. And if you say, no, you're not allowed to get up to that anymore, then you get upset. And so we always go and open these big cans of worms with money. And so it's like now I feel like I'm entitled to have this many avails in a TV broadcast, I get to have this many sponsors that right. I can run five commercial breaks in a quarter that are three minutes long, and you can't tell me to take that back. And now all of a sudden it's just like, well, we're going to have I know, 30 minutes worth of commercials now, and you're just going to deal with it. you know. And, and so that's what's frustrating about it is there didn't used to be that many media breaks. Can you imagine so, how often it would be? And I'm scared it might be cut like if every single change of possession required don't, don't a break. Don't do that. Oh, no. I, no. You know? Oh, no. Don't do that. <laughs> what if it happened, Ryan? Don't do it. Interception. No. Not allowed. Break. Very next play. Interception from the other team. <laughs> Who's throwing these break. passes, James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, just we want to hear from you three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free one triple eight nine tag nine because college football the rules committee might be trying to change up the pace of play and to get total number of plays that are mm. happening and this that and the third give us a call and join us on the Auburn Bank phone line again three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. We've been talking about a lot on today's program. Again, the Auburn Tigers claim at least a share of the SEC Men's Basketball Championship. Baseball and softball got wins last night. And then we wanted to talk a little football because we hadn't in a few days. I was away yesterday. Didn't know if it would be discussed on the show. It was not. But Tuesday evening, I saw the Dennis Dodd story from CBS Sports. And, uh, yeah, looks like uh, the NCAA is considering some rule changes. Javon, we were just talking with Brooks during this last commercial break, and he kind of made an interesting point as to what could be a, uh, I don't know, would you call it a negative side effect should some of these clock changes take Unintended place in the game. Unintended consequence. Unintended. That's the best way to phrase it. Yeah, way. That is a great phrasing, yeah. But I like negative side effects from time to time, too. I don't know that any Most side effects are don't. positive. Though, okay. so yeah, you're right. <laughs> Unintended consequences. And what did Brooks bring up? Brought up the idea of fake injuries, players using fake injuries to perhaps slow it down a little bit. And I'm sure that would be something that coaches... Like be more prevalent yeah, than now. Because it's but, already started right. to It started to. Yeah. So I'm sure coaches would employ that a little bit more. Um, it would get annoying. You get, of course, obvious booing from 
the home crowd. So that's a valid point right there. I didn't even think about that while we were having that discussion the last segment. But fake injuries, you definitely could see a rise of that happening. Let's hear from you. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the show. The incomplete passes... Is just what's kind of throwing uh, us all I into a loop too, here because yeah. it doesn't Ugh. even happen at the NFL level. Let's hear from you. We go to the Auburn Bank phone line. Luke from Alex City. Luke has called in from Alex City. Hey, Luke. Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Very well. Thank you for asking, and thanks for the call. Uh, first of all, JJ, congrats on the growth of uh, Locked On Blue Devils. It's doing really well. I appreciate and, uh, that. that. Yes, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you, Luke. Uh, sure. Uh Secondly, yeah, I do think there need to be some rule changes. I think the some of them, though we don't want this game to be totally pro football, but the game needs to be tightened up for sure. I mean, it's gotten pretty ridiculous. College football is probably the one sport, um, maybe outside of baseball, where you can't, uh, you can't really predict how long this game is going to last. In the NFL, it's going to last from noon until about 3, plus or minus, and then it's going to last from 3.15 until about 6-ish, that plus or minus. College basketball, if it starts at 1, it's going to be over by 3.15. I mean, even in overtime. So um, I think college football needs to figure something out because the, I think, for one thing, maybe the half times are too long. I'd, I'd be fine cutting the half times down a little bit. Um, I would be fine doing the injury rules like they do in the NFL if – you know, you have a 10-second runoff or whatever it is because one of the problems is the fake injuries. And I don't – again, I don't blame teams for doing it. They found a loophole. I mean, no, when college football was invented, nobody ever intended it for go, to go breakneck speed the whole game. That wasn't the intention. But it's, it's evolved to that, so I think the defenses are trying to uh, find a way to combat it. I don't like the idea of stop, uh, not stopping it on an incomplete pass or as soon as the, pass, the the ball is reset, started again. Look, the whole point of the incomplete pass is to stop the clock late in the game. And I think that, um, you know, that takes away a, a huge, just a crucial component of the college football game or of any game because that's, that's not the case in any other uh, format. Uh, maybe you, you know, if you go out of bounds when the, you start the clock when it's set, I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, I think that's a pretty good rule. And uh, I think you can do something. I think they should be more worried about targeting and the, their gross incompetence with calling it and the, the penalty of it, which is harsher than anything else in the sport. And I understand, again, the reasoning for doing that because you want to try and uh, create a culture where you take this out of the game, and that's gonna that's that takes a learning curve. You know, one thing that I'm a big proponent of, I, I wish that college basketball officials would call more fouls right now, because Jay Billis wrote an incredible article about how officiating is just terrible. He said it's not like he, he's saying they favor somebody; he's saying it's just terrible. The game's too physical, and everybody puts their hands on everybody. That's not what you're supposed to do. So if we all had them call the game tighter for a year, yeah, it would kind of suck to have a lot of free throw trips the first year, but then everybody would adapt. So I feel like we've already adapted uh, to, to the change of targeting. Like, it's it's not – nobody's out there headhunting anymore. I mean, if you see it, it's right. accidental. And I think a 15-yard penalty is plenty. 
is so stupid that a player has to be out a whole game or out one half of one game and then another half of a game that had nothing to do with this game. It's just a dumb rule, and they need to change it. Um, instead of worrying about, you know, incomplete passes and setting the clock, that, that's just my opinion on it. No, I kind of feel the same way. It's just how can we find ways. I hadn't even thought about halftime, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to start because, what, it's it's 20 minutes in college football and you've got a 15-minute halftime at the NFL level. Let's start there. That's a one very easy way. I don't know if the, the college band performances are what being that's the only played thing. into yeah. this. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so that, that's tough for, for the college feel there. But uh, And then, yeah, let, let's figure out a way to fix that targeting rule because, okay. I don't know, is that ever going to happen? As far as the band goes, let, let's cut down one song. I mean, they, they usually do something, you know, with a theme of Greece or right. you know, Chariots of Fire. Take out one song and you've got it handled. Um, the 20-minute halftime really turns out to be a little longer than that usually. And um, it, just cut that out uh, or cut it down to 15 minutes in the pro game. I went to the Saints versus uh, Miami Dolphins game this year in New Orleans. And... You know, you have time to go out, run to the restroom, uh, get you a drink, and come back to your seat, and halftime's over. It's right. perfect. Um, and I think that uh, college football could, could go that route and help out because, you know, we were talking uh, on Locked on Bama about attendance at, at basketball games generally. And, you know, one thing about basketball that it typically doesn't have the environment of college football, um, but because college football is such – an investment in your day, if not your entire weekend. I mean, you got you got to get there three hours early because of the parking, and then when you leave, it's a it's a, this mass exodus, <laughs> and there's traffic everywhere. Whereas if you go to a basketball game, if you show up at noon, and, and the game's at one, you got plenty of time to hang out, get in, go to the game, and then when it's over, there's going to be a little bit of traffic at first, and then it's done. And it's and there's part of me that appreciates that i mean but i also appreciate the college football experience um but it doesn't the games don't need to be four and a half hours long this is not uh, yeah i guess that's kind of what it is right because we want the college game to be different than the nfl and you want college basketball to be different than college football uh this and that but yeah i just don't i don't think the incomplete pass was kind of what was uh kind of getting us worked up a little bit like what in the world how does this make any sense at all and i'm glad to see that we're on the same page on that luke well, the other thing is, I don't know which one of you said unintended consequences. You know, if you've if you've noticed, every time they try to pass a rule uh, that, you know, that they've tried to stop somebody's dominance, namely Alabama's or namely Nick Saban's, every time they try and pass a rule like that, he finds a way to overcompensate. I mean, to to overcome that. And other people just it, Nick Saban's just a different beast, and so. He's smarter than the guys making the rules. And, in fact, I would say a lot of coaches in NCAA are smarter than the guys making the rules. So I, think, I don't think the answer when things are complicated like this is to make it more complicated. It's pretty simple. Just cut down the time of halftime and, um, you know, maybe adapt the rule of if you go out of bounds, instead of the clock being stopped the entire time and you got time to huddle, it just stops until uh, – you set the ball again. That's just like the NFL. Do it that way. Or until the final two minutes or whatever. But I don't want a two-minute warning in the college game because, again, I'm, I'm trying to keep this thing as pure as I can. Sure. Sure. I like it. Well, Luke, we appreciate the call. It's good to hear from you today. Thanks for this. 
All right, guys, have a good one. All right, that's Luke from Alex City joining us there on the program, 887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 if you would like to be a part of the program. Didn't think about halftime that's, for that's one That's actually a really good second. point. Yeah. Yeah, if you Didn't give, think about it at all. You give, give each band, what, five minutes each? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can take up ten. I know it would be a little hectic getting on and off the field because – I'd say what, going to a lot of NFL games uh, since I go down to to Tampa every weekend, um, they are lined up ready to kick off as that clock is expiring. Right. I mean, there's no – like, there's no They've 15 and a half minutes. He's like, right. You can map yep. out a Sunday, and you know what an oh, NFL yeah. like, game is like, going to be. A lot of the time, they <laughs> are waiting on the clock to hit zero before they actually kick off in the NFL second half. But in college, you know, sometimes, some games, it's like that. Some games, they add a minute or two yeah. to the mm-hmm. clock. Um, so, I, I think that would be a good start. Obviously, it would only be five minutes in the scheme of things. So, uh, but it is a, a pretty easy five minutes. Um you know, uh, what does what, every what do also they, from the band perspective, right? Because okay, cut five minutes off of halftime. The only reason that we're saying no, don't do that is because of the bands, right? I mean, that is the only reason. Pretty that much, we're here yeah. For that right. I mean, and is it every single game that both bands are going to perform? Because most whatever, of the time, because it, only. Only certain venues don't allow the road van, road teams band in there, but the road band usually performs. Right. Like I I remember road bands performing in Auburn all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What you, For some reasons, I feel like I only remember one band. Maybe I'm I'm thinking too much high school football at this point. Sometimes you're not going to bring them over and yeah yada yada yada. Oh well, yeah, that's different. Um, yeah. And that's no. a whole different <laughs> deal. And no, okay I can with, remember JSU right as mm-hmm. had their band. Bama plays their band. Right. I mean, I'm not going to be able to go through every single band. Right. But there's a couple for whatever. Yeah. Tulane. He was talking about the Saints, and Tulane was randomly on my mind. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting here thinking <laughs> when Tulane has come to Jordan Hare Stadium before. Is the Tulane marching band making the trip as well? Did they perform at halftime? Honestly, do not know. And so I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like for whatever, I feel like it varies. It feels like, okay. but yeah. you got to give them that opportunity yeah. if they are going to come. And you're going to universalize the rule. You're not going to say, "Well, this halftime will be 20 minutes because the road team band has." You know, you, you've got to still make it universal, right? Um, so, but you can take one song off of what you're performing. Yeah, I, I think I that's very I mean, fair. I, I don't, you know, yeah. And barely even that, because if they're just if they just hustle, I mean, I don't time band performances, but they're probably not longer than six, seven, eight minutes anyway. So you just make them five, five and a half, then you should be having no problems. Um, so th- that's part of it. What what do they do though with the with the clock stopping out of bounds? I feel like they do. Um, Stop it only until the ball is set. They don't. They don't keep it stopped the whole time right now. You know, so I, uh-huh. I don't know what else to be gained there, because I mean, if it's under two minutes, then it stops. Permanent. It stops. Period. But if it's over two minutes in in any other any quarter, or, or even under two minutes in the first or third quarter, then it stops. But I'm pretty sure when it's when the ball's placed, I'm pretty sure it starts again. It does not. It does not stay stopped the whole right. time. The ready for play does start the clock. So I mean, would you just not stop the clock? Period. When it goes out of bounds, yeah. Because I, you do. They 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 do start that clock at some point. It's not on the snap of the ball. I'm just saying. I, 
I was thinking about the uh, the incomplete pass side of things in here oh, too. Yes, please, more on this. <laughs> uh, which is yeah, let's just do way, way, way more of it. And if there's okay, well, all of a sudden we're just gonna stop the clock during the final two minutes. And what I start thinking about is I was like, wait a minute, what about spiking the football? Right? Like that's always been a way to oh, try yeah, and stop the clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because that goes down as a pass, correct? Statistically, yeah. that's going to yep. go down mm-hmm. as a pass. Yeah, yeah. Every single time that takes place, and the reason teams did that is they're like, wait a minute. Well, if it's an incomplete pass, the clock. then it's going to kill mm-hmm. the clock. And it's the quickest yep. incomplete pass you can have. Right. Throw it straight down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why I mean, is that not intentional grounding? It's just a special rule, a special exception to the rule. But really, it should be. I mean, be, by right? definition, I mean, technically, it would be. I've never yes. thought about. Really, it should be right. Yeah. Well, really, we've I mean, never had this conversation, or at least I've never been a part of this conversation before. But well, really, a they, spike they ball. They bend should... some rules sometimes because I mean, really, if you know uh, what happened with kickers or holders all the time, if your knees on the ground, you touch the ball and get up and throw it, then technically you're down because your knees on the ground when you field it. Okay. So you have you have some small little understood. That you're, yeah. you're li- uh, that you're allowed to get away <laughs> Excuse with. Excuse me. <laughs> Yes, you can get away with that. Um, So, yeah, of course, a spike of the football is technically uh, would be intentional grounding, but it's just always been understood. That's a clock-stopping mechanism. Right, and and so if we're going to go back to the old timing rules for the last five minutes or whatever, then, yes, you would still be able to spike the football and be okay is kind of what this looks like, how it's going to play out. So. We're just talking through. I, that's why I appreciate Luke calling in so much. I'm like, let's have some conversations. Yeah. Let's hear other people I, contribute I, to this. I'd still like to go, and I have not kept up with it, so I don't. I'm not going to know the numbers. I'd still like to look at media timeouts, though, uh-huh. because I know it's easy for me to say I don't work for a network. Oh, yeah, this kid just doesn't understand how money works and thinks networks don't need to make any money. No, it's that in the NFL, are you telling me that, that, that there's the same amount of media timeouts in the NFL? Because I really don't think there is. Mm-hmm. I really do not think. I think there are more media timeouts in college football. And I'd love to, if someone knew the answer to that, I'd love for them to call in and tell us or uh, have a have a, a guesstimate because I know the NFL is a more valuable product nationally. Right. But I think if you had less spots, and I'm not saying like h- half the spots. I'm saying if you just took out one, right? A, even just one a half. That's five to six minutes yes, less. Sir. If you took out one a half, then I don't see you losing a ton of money because you could also just charge a little more because you say, well, there's a few less slots for us. Give us a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, I'm that just would, saying that would it, fix it. You're right. I've just. You're just right. trying to shave a few minutes. I'm trying not to shave the product off. Right. I'm trying yeah, to just a couple sh- minutes. That's yeah, all. Yeah. yeah, we've hit all the wrong buttons on you this hour. I'm he's disheveled up now. Yeah. Like, we've rattled him up now. Like. <laughs> Don't take me football away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's take. Let, I'll take a break if that's okay. Fine. Okay. We have pay bills. Look at us. Bills, exactly. though, so. <laughs> but it's not. It's not going to be five times of seven minutes. You know. Yeah. We just need to take one. I'll even tell you. This is a 90 second time Just 90. that efficiency <laughs> and then we'll be back with more right after this on sports call
We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Moving along on Sports Call today, it's Thursday. I second-guessed myself a little bit earlier. Is the clock still running? (laughs) It is still (laughs) running. Uh, I said it was Wednesday earlier. It is not. It's because it's my third show of the week. I wasn't here yesterday. Yeah. Um, But it is Thursday, and we've already scheduled some posts to go out tomorrow to help remind us even that there will not be a show tomorrow. Those are scheduled. They will remind you tomorrow, but... Here we are verbally reminding you once again, Ryan, that there is no sports call tomorrow. Does that mean we have a what to watch for over the weekend <laughs> at the end of the show today? I don't believe we've done that in uh-huh. prior Thursdays because, you know, this is now the fourth straight Friday. Some people's weekends start, start on Friday. Though. Right. Maybe we should. Maybe, Maybe we, we should. I'm just saying conference tournament season started. Yep. Do you care about the A-Sun right. or something like that? I don't even know if that one's being played this weekend or not, but I know the Big South is. UNCA lost a tough one last night. Charleston Southern, Southern, shout out to JJ's crib. They're uh, taking an L. They're racing in Las Vegas this weekend. They are racing in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Charlotte FC prepares for its first ever home game okay. oh, yeah, in right. MLS. Do they, they play they, at Bank of America Stadium? Indeed. <laughs> Good. Indeed. Lost to uh, D.C. United Yikes. 3-0 this past week on Sounds the road. Like- DC was united in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we could do a little what to watch for over the weekend. What I want to do right now, I feel like I have to run everything by you today. You're, you're. Uh, yeah, what's up? What do you want to do? You're, you're checking me. <laughs> well, you told me yesterday there's a chance I hosted the show today. So because you might not have been here for company business, <laughs> but you're here, and this so, is your company business right, today. So. so. I would like to uh, revisit our player of the week, if that's okay. Nah, yeah, fine. Okay, whatever. here we go. Sports Calls Player of the Week. Auburn gymnast Suni Lee is Sports Calls Player of the Week. The former gold medalist had a performance for the ages in the Tigers win against Kentucky, winning several events, including landing a perfect 10 on the beam, her first as a college athlete. Lee also debuted at Nabiba, a move never seen at the college level. Her win all around was huge for Auburn as they won the meet by .8 points. Suni Lee is Sports Calls Player of the Week. SUNY Lee, Sports Calls Player of the Week. And that was Luke Flurry's voice. He recorded that earlier in the week. I did. As uh, we talked about this earlier, an Olympic gold medalist has competed on Dancing with the Stars, has been nominated for ESPY Awards, right, for top athletes in the world. But this is one of the greatest accomplishments, I believe. Being named the Sports Call Player of the Week. We hype this up every single week, Ryan, don't all we? The great we ones do this. That way, we yeah. really do. We really we do. do. I mean, we all vote when on Joe it. When Joe Burrow first won a national championship at LSU, uh, we said, look, it's cool that you won that. But here we are. We're also giving you the SEC pl- or the uh, Sports Call Player of the Week. That's, uh, we don't yes. have that much clout. So we got on the phone with Greg, and we were like, we feel like he should be SEC Player of the Week. Um, so You know what I realized I forgot to do? 
because I'm very big on on making sure everybody is organized and uh-huh. compiling. As Raftery says, get those puppies in order. Is that is it fair that with the show I have the puppies in order with the number of things I send out and keep people oh, on the same yeah. page? Is oh, for fair? sure. Easily, yeah. I have forgotten to total up our 2021 Sports Call Player of the Week awards. Because I've done that every... I'm yeah. like, okay, I want to know in the history of the award who's won the most. Uh-huh. And I actually do think it's Joe Burrow. Because he won a couple it's of possible. times this yeah. season with the Bengals. I know it is. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Because he, I mean, we kept voting for him when he was at LSU for whatever reason. The show is Sports well, Call Auburn. That's like even Sports Call Baton Rouge, and we were giving him Sports I, Call Player of the Week. If all things are equal, exactly. we will vote for Auburn. People. Yeah. Right. We will give them a boost, but we're not going to be like, you know what? I tell you what, that 10.5 rebound performance. I, I know Seth Curry had 77 points. Right. But 10 points, five rebounds, man. Right. We're not going to be like that, but if you if you put something to the table, if Tank goes for two fifty, you know Auburn wins. That's are your thing, parents then, listening to the show right now? I uh, sure hope so. Okay. Usually do. Okay. Yeah. Well, and they know you quite well. Uh, fair to say, they've known me for I don't know twenty six years. <laughs> and I know you pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. So SUNY Lee uh-huh. is Sports Calls Player of the Week. Yes. And what is uncharacteristic for Ryan Lavoy? Yep. Is to sit down. And watch yep. a gymnastics meet, and that be his sole concentration. Yeah, that's uncharacteristic. That's, I have watched them before, but definitely more this year. Yeah. And now we're in a position where you watched Suni Lee compete this past weekend. Sure did. With that watched being your sole really. concentration. Yep. Yeah. And she but, deserves to be the player of the week. And a lot of it is SUNY, but this team in general is They're good. Really I mean, this good. might be the best Auburn gym team yeah. ever. I mean, really it's good. not just her. I mean, Darian Goldburn is, is yes. very good. Sophia Grove. I mean, they've got a lot of girls that are young, for right. one. I mean, they've, they've got other freshmen, not just SUNY. Uh, but this team is super talented. And obviously, yes, I think SUNY puts it over the top because of her Olympic prowess and what she was able to do uh, in the Olympics this past year. But um, the team is just flat out damn good, and they've got a chance to go to the Nationals, to go to the uh, final, I think it's eight is usually how they splice it up. The final eight is the final round. So they've, they've absolutely got a chance to, to do that, and they've got a big meet tomorrow, and, yeah, we're all paying attention. She debuted a Navy Eva, a move never seen at the college level. Ooh. I don't know what that is. I don't Couldn't know. Couldn't tell you. Could not but tell you. But it's really impressive that she did that. <laughs> when she that go, was the when her body goes in this way and then <laughs> yeah. she lands like this, but with a this kicker and yeah. I mean the best action shots of gymnasts, they're like upside down and just doing things that it's like I, I don't I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. It's but, tough, man. It's tough on your I mean Did you do I don't gymnastics know how these girls don't just all get injured knees. Did I you mean, do gymnastics as a kid? Nope. Does it look Luke? like I did? I can't say I have. Does it look like I did gymnastics? I feel like I did six months worth of gymnastics. You think so? Yeah. I but it Those was like, six months <laughs> set you up for knee failure later But on, it was like so when I was know. four or five, and I really do not have memories of it. Well, but, but it's like... It's probably because you fell on your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's probably fair. I mean, you're not wrong. That's, that's, a, that's a good there, assumption. There are some photos, though, you know? So it's like, I, I know that's me. You know, but... <laughs> I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick to the round orange thing. <laughs> That's what you said back home. Yeah. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a hooper. That's what I want to do. Uh, but congratulations to Suni Lee, our sports call player of the week. Awesome stuff. And uh, it's Florida tomorrow. Yes. Inside Neville Arena, we've got a dedication ceremony for the arena tomorrow at 2 p.m. And then uh, yeah, it's a first event for for Neville Arena. 
Yeah, and uh, that's why they're having the dedication tomorrow yep. afternoon. Yep. Um, and then we'll have a game Nevels on Saturday and, for yep, basketball. First basketball game. And pretty cool for the Nevils, um, obviously, okay, yes, to have the name on the building. But, you know, you're not putting your name on a building of a team that's like limping in here at 14 and 15 on the season. No doubt. They're about to uh, put a banner up. Right. And they're going to cut some nets down. Now, they're not put a banner up on Saturday, obviously. It's a bit premature. But <laughs> they're going to cut some nets down afterwards. And uh, it's going to be a very cool Saturday. So you have – I mean, I, I'm not going, I'm not a historian of Auburn gym. I'm not going to say this is the biggest meet of all time, but when you have a top five Florida team, and I think Auburn's ranked sixth right now, I don't know if they have many bigger than that. Um, <laughs> and so you got a huge gymnastics meet, and you got a basketball game with championship aspirations. So that's a pretty good weekend for the Nevels. Yeah, and for the Nevels, of course, if you see on TV, you're watching the Auburn game inside what's formerly going to be Auburn Arena. They're the overly enthusiastic couple that sits courtside moving their hands, this, this, that. So they're kind of like, I guess to put it in NBA terms, like Steve Ballmer of the Clippers. Like they're the couple that's like overly <laughs> enthusiastic as Ryan makes hand gestures that we can't see in the studio because you guys are, of course, we don't have a camera in here. Right. But um, but yeah, they're the couple that's super enthusiastic. So they're well-deserving of this. Um, they're going to represent Auburn the right way. Um, so... Yeah, it should be exciting. It's going to be, not going to lie, a little weird to call it Neville Arena. I'm probably going to slip up and call it Auburn Arena a couple more times for sure, especially this next month or so. But, hey, congrats to the Nevilles, and should be a fun time as we transition toward Neville Arena. Hey, you with the face. Um, that could be anyone. That's, that's anybody <laughs> in the studio right now. How is your morale right now? <laughs> Hi. Yeah, I figure. I could just tell. Uh, I mean, look, uh, it's been up and down though throughout look, the show. It's, though. It, it's Thursday, but it's the last show of the week, so I have fun Friday vibes. Right. Mm-hmm. Auburn just netted a, at least a clinch of a share of a championship last night. Right. Why would I be negative? You're getting more incomplete passes. The in your weekend life that is stop the clock and the aroma the of the weekend in. is is starting to waft a little yeah. bit. The weather's going to be nice too this weekend. Yeah, it's be so, low eighties, yeah. and I know people out there like it's too warm. <laughs> it's barely March. Would you rather it be fifty and raining? <laughs> no. If you would live up north. <laughs> it's Alabama. It's one of the warmest states there is. How has Luke done today? Luke's been great. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted your assessment of him, Javon. He's been doing great, yeah. Okay, Luke, have you been having fun? I have. You know, it's nice to be back on the show <laughs> yeah. for the first time in a while. But also, like, not really having this much experience in it. But, I mean, just coming on the show and talking about sports is all you really need to know. It's really cool to be able to do this. And, and yeah, it's been awesome to have Luke hanging out with us. And when Ryan acts the way he acts from time to time, it yeah. makes it entertaining. <laughs> when he, like, slurps a whole thing of caffeine right before the show. Sometimes it's me that's kind of out there not yeah. kind of i am a hot, you kind are, of yeah. out there says the person that did a president's day quiz <laughs> yeah. the week after that was pretty president's badass that was, uh, that was pretty badass that was like awesome. i said and yeah. suny since she was a topic this this segment usually you have some gold medal ideas <laughs> that barely sniff bronze i i must say it, it was it was it was struggling. Oh, we love Michael it. from Auburn made it a lot better when he called in and yes, maybe, maybe got it closer to a silver. I like there. it. Yeah. I like it. Let's take a break. When we're back, we've got the third and final hour of sports call due up today alongside Luke Flurry, Javon Cutler, and Ryan Lavoy. My name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling.
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. All right, third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson hanging out with Ryan LaVoy, Javon Cutler, and Luke Fleury having a great show on this Thursday. Last show of the week. Tomorrow, again, during the 3 o'clock hour, Auburn softball taking on North Carolina A&T. So you will not be able to catch us on the show tomorrow. We'll take your phone calls right now, 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 888 9 to be a part of the program as we go to the Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us now, Daryl from Auburn. Daryl has called into today's show. What's going on, Daryl? Hey, I was just listening to Luke. How many times has he been on the program? Is this like his second or third time? This is my second. Well, you, uh, this is directed at Luke. You, you're doing a real good job, except for that Felice Navidad at the beginning of the show. That's where you kind of messed up. That was Brooks. I, I can't. I can't let. We we should blame it on the new guy, but that was uh that was a Brooks Childress mistake. Uh, anyway, long story short, uh, I'm impressed the way he handled himself on the air. And then I had a marketing strategy for your business manager. I don't know if it's Stacy or somebody else. But uh, have you guys thought about doing a, a singing quartet with the addition of Luke on the show? <laughs> we haven't, but that might be a good marketing. <laughs> might have ad. to do that, yeah. Marketing. People don't like it when I sing around here, though, Daryl. You know that good and well. Every time I try to start singing on this show, they, they want me to find something else to do. Well, uh, that's why I think uh, Luke would be a good balance to your show, and you could uh, uh, market it towards your live remotes, say that y'all do a singing song, maybe a birthday <laughs> song. Oh, can you help us out with that? Uh, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. If you give me a T-shirt. Yeah, we, we, we can get you a T-shirt to, uh, to to make that happen, and we'll, we'll try to figure out songs for us to be singing when we go out and take the quartet on the road, but... And Luke's got such a deep voice. I love the, the, the octaves his voice can get to. So I think a, a good bass would be added. I could be more in the tenor range, and we can have Luke handling the uh, the bass for us, and we might have something. Yeah, you know, you all sound better than Barney Fife, you know, when he sings on uh, Andy Griffith. I don't know if you ever seen those. <laughs> That's episodes. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, anyway, I'll just uh, just being silly, throwing that out. Well, there. I wanted and to be then, silly earlier. Can I? Can and I want to get to your final point. Go ahead, Daryl. You go ahead. Oh, I, I was proud of the Tigers last night. I was like, you know, right before the end of the game, it's like, oh no, it's happening again. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then it went into overtime, and they really pulled it through. And then, uh, be honest with you, going into last night's game, I was wondering if we could uh, pull it out in the NCAA tournament not being able to do well at away games but i think uh the guys have really shown that they can pull it through and then i'm just proud for them yeah and those ncaa tournament games will be at neutral sites so you won't have as many rowdy 
fans of the other team that kind of make it difficult to play there. Auburn still has the best road record in the SEC, and now they're SEC champions. So it's a, an amazing spot to be in. Now, is the SEC game going to be in, you said Tampa? In Tampa, or, that's right. Or, all right, where's the site of the first uh, uh, tournament game? They won't you know, know that until next Sunday. Next Sunday, that will all be decided. Okay, and then... Uh, the reason I quit Waffle House about three years ago is I found out that I wouldn't be able to listen to the football games. When's the Florida game on Saturday? The uh, South Carolina game? Yeah. It's yeah, at sorry. noon. Noon will is uh, when it will start. Noon Central. Well, I'll get off at 2 o'clock, so I'll be able to listen to it at halftime. So. Yeah, and, uh, it'll be over can't... at about 2 because the, the games have gotten so quick. But you'll be able to hear the post-game show and kind of hear the reactions to it. Well, you know. That's you need to convince them to let it. that play. I'm sorry, what now? I said you need to convince Waffle House to let the game audio be playing <laughs> yeah, there. <right>. The- <laughs> <laughs> That's not the Waffle House way. But anyway, and if you get me a T-shirt, uh, if I'm wearing a T-shirt under the Waffle House shirt, that would be great advertising. That you. would be awesome. We would absolutely love that. We'll have to uh, we'll have to try and set that up and, and see what we, we can make happen. So have you gotten used to the smothered and covered and all those other tricks of the trade there? Uh, I got used to it. Uh, what I got, I hadn't gotten used to is how it affects my knees after about six hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I had to go to orthopedic sur- uh, surgeon, my orthopedic surgeon, get a steroid shot and anti-inflammatory. You know, I could uh, back. Uh, it was right. You know, not trying to bring up tragedies. It was right around the Borgard tragedy. I was working before, and I could do eight, nine hours on my on my head. But now it's just. I guess time is taking a toll on me physically. But what's you know, your favorite order at Waffle House? Uh, I get a bowl of chili because I can get that real quick and get out of there without having to hang around too long. <laughs> oh, dear, what? Wow, I wasn't. I was thinking more waffles. Oh, I hate sweets. Be honest with you, and in the last two times, I didn't like the way the chili looked. Now, I'm not trying to, well, I am uh, criticizing Waffle House. I just, like, man, I ain't going to hang around here. I'm going home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm a big all-star special fan is kind of where I where I hang out. Well, I used to, uh, back before, uh, I, I cooked me a uh, Texas bacon cheeseburger, and I just loaded up. So, but since I'm not working the grill anymore, I'm sitting there uh, opening the door for Suni Lee and Bruce Pearl. You know, those days are – well, I take that back. I am on the grill because we're so shorthanded. It's it's just amazing how shorthanded the food service industry is, uh, or just anybody, right. to be honest with you. Right. No, you're exactly right. And so uh, I'm glad to hear that you'll be back behind the grill taking all those orders, and we might have to find an opportunity to come by and see you this uh, this weekend. Okay, that's fine. Like I said, it keeps me out of trouble. You know, all my kids are grown, and I don't consume alcohol anymore, and I just get bored on the weekends, and I've got so much more money now. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure, and you keep getting big tips. You'll be in a good spot. Yeah, Bruce Pearl kicked me get back ten bucks, and then I had just a regular patron give me two, so that was a good. Good. I guess I'm doing something right. I hadn't decided what. Hey, uh, keep asking them how many's in your party, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> well, I, what I don't need to tell them is it's going to be thirty minutes before you get seated. That's what mess made Sunny mad. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> got to turn those tables over quickly. Yes, but anyway, you can always you sit at the bar, go. though, right? I'm sorry. What now? I said you can always sit up at the bar. Sometimes they close that off. It just depends on the uh, how many servers show up. Ah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's, yeah, I don't want to get into it. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks for the call, Daryl.
All right, bye. Bye. That's uh, our buddy Daryl from Auburn joining us on the program. Always a thrill to hear his voice and to let us know what's going on in his world these days. All right, let's take a, a quick commercial break, our first break of the hour, and we're back with more Sports Call right after this on Tiger 95.9. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Jeff Whitaker, Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Moving along here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Javon Cutler on the boy and Luke Flurry. Right now on our sister station, Kate 99.9 FM, we've got Borgard High School Baseball. They're taking on Beulah, a very special day, the three-year anniversary of the tornadoes that greatly impacted that Borgard community. Listen to the baseball game. A lot of people have made it out to the ballpark Timson, Bill May, Brant Daughtry having a blast. And I tell you what, Timson's broadcasting career kind of got started with baseball and softball over there at uh, Beauregard. And Javon, we've been on some of those broadcasts with them, and it's always a blast. Yeah, Tim Sen always does a great job himself, uh, Bill May, for baseball and softball. They do a great job explaining the game. Of course, with those guys, you also have a lot of shenanigans going on. In between the broadcast, it feels like. So that's what makes it extra special, it feels like, as a person that's experienced them for football, baseball, and basketball. You're guaranteed to have a couple of side conversations while the game is going on. But overall, the broadcast is really great, and Tim and the guys do a great job out there. So check it out right now, Kate 99.9 FM. As soon as our show comes to a close, we'll have the 6 o'clock hour, 10, 15 minutes, and then uh, we'll jump on the air with some Smith Station softball. First game that we're broadcasting of them. They're taking on Auburn High School. Very exciting as Smith Station High School's uh, excited that we're going to be able to bring coverage of their baseball and softball games this season. And Brooks Monroe Childress will be handling the broadcast. The Brooks Show coming up later tonight, which is always a thrill. Yeah, and so you said Auburn High, right? So area. Yeah, uh, an area game. Good point. Good point. Uh, and, I mean, the season flies by fast, but early March, that's as uh, earlier in the season to, to have one. But, um, yeah, no, we've uh, we've had a lot of fun doing Smith Station Beauregard Athletics and Smith Station able to make the round of eight there in basketball. Final four happening in Birmingham right now. The team Smith Station lost to Enterprise, beat Spain Park in the final four today to advance to the championship game. Oh, so, wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've been uh, excited to cover Smith Station athletics all year long. Is Brooks Childress prepared for today? I think he is. Is he going to do a nice job on He's the broadcast? Yeah, he always does a nice job. Okay. Oh, yeah. Brooks yeah. is elite. I'm pro Brooks. I'm very uh-huh. much so pro Brooks. If you go back and listen to the earlier portions of the podcast, if you're just now joining us on the radio feed, WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM, or you're catching us live on the Tiger Communications app. 
coming into our first, or out of our first break of the show, we did have a Feliz Navidad return played, uh, which was uh, something we were not expecting. <laughs> Threw us all for a loop, and like you mentioned, J.J. Brooks does a great job in terms of putting together the log for the show every single day. Um, not even he expected a Feliz Navidad music um, intro to be coming into sports call today but hey it's a pleasant surprise we had a great conversation about it for a couple of moments but hey we appreciate brooks for everything that he does yes he is the man the absolute man that's for sure three three four eight eight seven thirty four oh one or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine if you want to call in and be a part of the program before we take your phone calls it's the five o'clock hour so let's do this we've already finished the first two hours of sports call today <sighs> boy that escalated quickly I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Yeah, Sports Call Daily Show Recap. A lot of great conversations. Obviously, Auburn basketball has been a focal point of today's shows. They got the win over Mississippi State last night in Stark Vegas. So Auburn now has at least a share of the SEC regular season championship, but if they defeat South Carolina on Saturday, then they'll win the outright SEC regular season championship. So we've talked about that, had some great calls as well from our sports call callers, and also college football talk. We had a huge uh, debate as far as perhaps some proposed rule changes that could be happening soon and that brought up some great conversations as well um some that was some of our best parts of the show today yeah so for sure but other than that's been a really great show and i know we've got a couple callers i'm sure lined up as well so let's get to them yeah 334-887-3401 is all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the auburn bank phone line auburn bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information your partner your neighbor your friend member fdic Equal Housing Lender joining us now on the show. Keith from Auburn. Keith has called into the program. Hi, Keith. All right, guys. How we doing? We're great. How are you? I'm doing. I, listen, I can't be any any better. The good Lord gave me another day, and it's beautiful. Amen outside. to that. So, it is a great looking day. First of all, let me take. You know, I want to congratulate Auburn uh, on uh, winning the SEC uh, regular season. Uh, I, I know it's still a game left, but um, you know that that's just a foregone conclusion on what's going to happen there. Um, so um, you know they did what they needed to do, and you know when you win the regular season, uh, that's a, a whole full season. And you know I tip my hat to them. Uh, I, I wanted to comment. Uh, I, I was waiting on somebody, and I was listening to you, the show, and Daryl called in. And I heard him last week, maybe it was, or the first part of this week, when he was talking about uh, working there at the Waffle House, I believe is what he said, and then Sunni Lee came in. Uh, so, Dale, if you're listening, uh, I, I've got uh, a piece of an advice for you, okay? If it was going to be 30 minutes for her to get seated with her friend, I would have said, give me two minutes. And I would have went over to one of those booths and said, listen, I need y'all to finish and get out. <laughs> because I've got a Olympic gold medalist waiting for your booth, and she will even have her picture taken with you. 
put her on the spot. Okay. <laughs> so you hear me, Daryl? Yeah. You got to, you got to, got to bounce around some of these uh, difficult situations there. But uh, got to take advantage of that opportunity for sure. That's right. I believe I'd have got a picture with her too. I don't know if he did or not. No doubt. Uh, uh, I, I Document the so, moment. Uh, yeah. So Daryl, if you're listening, uh, maybe next time. Uh, uh, do that. I, you know, I think I've shared this story before, but I'm going to share it one more time. Uh, several years ago, uh, you worked at Waffle House, house. too. <laughs> I, hey, I'm not talented enough to work at Waffle House, okay? <laughs> I was just Trust taking me. a guess. <laughs> but uh, I was down at Panama City Beach, and uh, me and my wife, uh, we went to uh, the captain's table to eat. They don't take reservations, it, it's a more of a local. Uh, establishment that's down close to the bay and uh, the parking lot you park behind it's a cinder block building and you park behind it and it it's not even paved it's seashells that's what you park on right so we got done eating and we come out and we're walking about 50 yards to our car and 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 there's this gentleman there's three gentlemen coming at us and as they get closer i tell my wife i said that looks like bruce pearl now he wasn't at Auburn then. He had just uh, left. Had had just left Tennessee, so I don't think he was coaching at the time. So uh, as they got closer, I told my wife, "I said this looks like Bruce Pearl." And then uh, when we got close, I said, "I told him, I said, you know, has anybody ever told you you look like Bruce Pearl?" And he kind of laughed. He said, "Yeah, I get that every now and then." And he took a couple of steps past me, and he turned around and he said. I'm just kidding. I am Bruce Pearl. So I said, roll tide. <laughs> he said, go balls. And we just kept on going. But uh, uh, that was several, several years ago. Um, so anyway, we need to start a fund to, to uh, raise me some money so I can go back down to the to the coast and hang out with my wife a little bit. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll get that set jump. up for you. We try to help everybody accomplish their dreams and adventures. <laughs> so we're going to get Daryl some sports call gear to be sporting there at, uh, at the Waffle House. And we're going to find a way to let you and the wife head down south, Keith. We can make that happen. All right. Well, listen, that sounds like a winner. Good to hear so, from uh, you today, buddy. Same here, guys. Listen, thank you so much for taking my phone call. Steve Wardell Eagle, chill out, bro. You're the SEC champion. We made it. And you got got a lot of stuff going on coming up, and you're going to do well. So, uh, anyway, guys, y'all, y'all take care, okay? All right. That's Keith from Auburn joining us on the program. 887-3401 or toll-free one triple eight nine tiger 9 We're very capable of uh, giving some callers some love and giving them a hard time from time to time and that sort of thing. And one of my long-running jokes is I feel like every time Keith shouts out retired or damn Steve, it's always – a random variation of his actual name being called, and I, I certainly do appreciate that. Oh yeah, no, it's always uh, Steve Wardam Eagle. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, Steve goes by retired Wardam Steve, so there are about that number of words there in a different order. But uh, yeah, no, um, <clears throat> I, I did think about that uh, Daryl call on Monday and think about man. Uh, uh, he was just doing his job, though. He wasn't. He's was treating everybody the same. Right. Yep. Soon he's just like the rest of us. Hey, you got to wait. <laughs> Tough. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. You will uh, enjoy your time. And she went to uh, another establishment. 887-3401 or toll free at one 9 to be a part of the program. I've got just an incredible headline that I'm waiting to read in a moment, but I want to take your phone calls first. Tony from Tuskegee. My buddy Tony has called into the program today. Hey, Tony. 
Yeah, how y'all doing? I'm great. How are you today? All right. Yeah, I just want to let my friends publicly know I got tickets to the Auburn game on Saturday, and I had a chance to meet the um, staff the crew. Up, at, up at Tiger Communication today, and it's an awesome group of people. They make you feel welcome. They take the time to stand up and talk to you. And uh, I mean, I don't think Fine Bomb has anything on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we enjoyed chatting with you, Tony. And uh, yeah. yeah, I speak for all of us. It was it was enjoyable to see you, and we're excited you get to go to the baseball game. Yeah, and I was want to let Shag them know they could come along, but the tickets I got is for my family. I let him and Big John share a hot dog. I buy him a hot dog. <laughs> but yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. You know, the first time attending an, um, an Auburn baseball game, and uh, my son, he's excited about going, and I think we family we enjoy i think you're gonna have a great saturday that's for sure yeah i really appreciate it and thanks a lot all right tony good to hear from you that's our buddy tony from tuskegee who won some tickets yesterday we appreciate the kind words and we really did enjoy uh getting a chance to it's always fun to interact with these callers face to face we hear tony talk about uh, alabama football often from time to time also hear him drop uh, references to the uh, dallas cowboys and I see my dog Tony walk into the uh, station a little bit earlier today, rocking his Cowboys hat. And uh, yeah, it was fun to chat with Tony. Yeah, for um, all of our callers, like you mentioned, Jay, it's always great to kind of put a name to a face. And for them, they could put a name to our faces as well. So whether it be a remote show or them walking into the studio via a giveaway that we have at the station, yeah, it's always great to interact with the callers and um, get to chat with them a little bit and show them what we've got here at Tiger Communications because. It truly does have like a family atmosphere here, and I'm glad Tony was able to experience that earlier. You ready for a headline, Ryan? I am. Because Luke just read it, and his eyebrows raised a uh, moment, and I'm ready to uh-oh. read this out here, uh, and then read the story to you. AL.com. Is it about stopping the clock or not <laughs> stopping the clock for an incomplete pass? What's his reaction for Ryan here? Former Auburn quarterback joins Mexican team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The Monterey Paraleros, I I, I don't know. I'm sorry, Uh I don't know. Paraleros have announced the signing of their quarterback for the 2022 Mexican-American Professional Football League season, former Auburn signal caller Jeremy Johnson. Johnson (laughs) becomes the first foreign player on Monterey's roster as the team builds towards its April 29th opener against the Cadillos day chihuahua well i was just making a wide receiver (laughs) (laughs) wow is something um i'm glad he's getting an opportunity it's awesome yeah i didn't know there was a mexican-american professional football league did not even i don't think many people did either but shout out jeremy john he's sat in this studio before and been on the show drove made the trip up from his uh, native montgomery and we appreciated it and yes um jeremy will text us from time to time and yeah this is exciting news this is exciting news and they're going to take on the cadillo state chihuahua for their first game of the season yep Sure will. I mean, is that what that says? Hang on. Let's all butcher these Let's names, see. the team names. Who signed him? The Monterey what? Huh. That's not <laughs> armadillos. <laughs> How I, did you say? Perillos? 
Para Elia El I'm going to stay in my lane and uh, not pronounce that. Although I will say uh, uh, down at the bottom, and it, when it links you to other articles, KJ Britt did a fantastic job as an NFL rookie this year. <laughs> <laughs> that one was easy to read. Do you see Chihuahua though for the team he's playing against? It's not what? Chihuahua. It's I'm not saying it out loud because <laughs> I'll butcher it too. But it's not Chihuahua. <laughs> so exciting stuff there for uh, for Jeremy Johnson. You um, can't trick me into all kidding that. aside. Yeah. Um, so fun. It's, uh, it's cool to see all these other football it's leagues cool, yeah. that, uh, yeah. you're getting a chance to go get paid a little bit of money and, and, and play some well, ball. you know, in a lot of countries, they don't really even have formal football leagues. Like we talk all the time about if you wanted to go a deep dive, you can find a lot of former Auburn basketball players playing overseas and in different countries like Argentina and Spain and Germany and, and wherever, um, that you just don't hear much about, obviously, because you I mean, not not a lot of people are following those leagues here. But nevertheless, professional leagues do exist in basketball in a lot of countries. We know globally, soccer is the biggest, and every country seems to have uh, a relevant soccer league. But in football, I mean, this is American football. I mean, if you say football in most countries, you're saying soccer, um, and so American football is not as globally known it's the biggest sport here in america but it's not globally uh top dog and that's part of the reason why the nfl is trying to have games over in germany and in england and all this to expand their brand so yeah i don't the i didn't know there was a mexican league is all that to say because there's just not a lot of other american football leagues. that story also said that johnson was the first foreign player to be signed to the Monterey roster, which is really interesting. Really interesting. And so I wonder if this will be, uh, as you said, Javon, something that becomes more of a trend to give college football players who time comes up and they're ready to, uh, to find another league to play. And I hope they get that opportunity now. Yeah, I mean, if you have that itch to still play professional football, I mean, for this Mexican league, like I just mentioned, Jeremy Johnson might be a trailblazer and you have other guys who played collegiate football Maybe they make that move to Mexican football if, you know, they um, want to try something different or they're not able to scratch the NFL or any of the other leagues. So, I mean, best of luck. Yeah, to Jeremy Johnson. And I'm sure there's going to be some stream that you can watch these Mexican leagues. I'd yeah. imagine it's probably going to be in Spanish, but um, you could still probably. See. <laughs> well, you could still, I'm sure, watch the game or find it somehow. But, hey, I'm interested to see how he does, and I'm sure – there's going to be some Auburn fans out there that keep up with him in terms of stats and how the team is performing, and they'll definitely let us know somewhere on Twitter or social media. The last decade, 2012 to 2022, where does Jeremy Johnson rank in Auburn quarterbacks? How many have started? <laughs> yeah. I say that's the yeah, that's the better question. How many? Yeah, I'm uh, serious. Let's do this. Uh, I mean, it's a sports talk show. Let's have this topic today. Uh well, do you want? Uh, is it better to go best to worst, and then I try to think of some names? Yeah, for you? go best to worst. Yeah. Okay, so, so who's your best quarterback over the last decade? Because mm, so twelve is not Cam. Um, Marshall. Nick Marshall. Nick Marshall. Yeah, one. I'd agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then two, Stidham. Okay. Three, Bo. Gotta be. Four. Hmm. Sean White. Okay. Number five. <laughs> number five. I mean, so twenty twelve, right? You're you're thinking That's Kyle Frazier. You're thinking Jonathan Wallace. Jonathan Wallace. And, uh, you're thinking uh, Mosley. Clint Mosley. Yeah. 
all of them started games. I'll tell you what. John Franklin III started Um, a game during this stretch. That's right. Yeah, uh, he did. Um, I'm just thinking about – I I guess he would be next. I think he would. I think he would. Because you can't rate – Obviously, nobody guys, from 2012 was there. No, no, Jeremy would be above those three, and then so Marshall 13, 14, Jeremy and and White and 15, White and 16, put White above him, 17, 18, Stidham, 19, 20, 21, Knicks, and I'm not. I mean, T.J. Finley's too young to yeah be mm-hmm. ranked, and I don't. One John Franklin start. Who cares? Malik Willis doesn't count. Didn't didn't start. Didn't mm-hmm. start, and um, wasn't what he was. Yeah, Jeremy P. Fifth. There we go. It's fun so. to talk about. I mean, I, well, I mean, yeah. It, Tom tells he was you in the co- headlines today, and we're talking football. Yeah. yeah. And true, yeah, true. Fifth best quarterback over the last decade. There you Nothing go. Nothing wrong with that. You play. I mean, ser- I'm serious. Yeah. Like you played college football. That's at the still SMU. amazing. Like, yeah. That's amazing. really hard to yeah, do. Can't take that yeah, away from that's him. That's really yeah. hard to do. But there, it's a you're allowed to be kind of frustrated with what you got on the, yeah, on the field from time to time as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can win, want to win a championship every single year, and sometimes it just doesn't happen. Now, for if you, you tried to rank running backs over the last ten, years, that's hard. You, that would well, be, be super hard. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it then. Oop. All right. Well, let's let's let's. Okay. Or do you want to hear from Luke or Javon or somebody? I mean, do do, do the, does anyone love disagree with the to, five quarterbacks? Does anybody disagree with that order? Uh, the quarterbacks, no, not really. I mean, it's not much really rate from besides i mean the top three i think is kind of like okay those are locks but then four or five i guess i really wanted bo to be higher you know huh i was thinking about putting bo ahead of sit i really wanted bo to be higher like i think you did it right i absolutely think you did it right uh i'm did i play the game the right way no you played the game the right way (laughs) i'm saying that i wanted i just needed to stretch the legs i stood up and now you're gonna mock me i just (laughs) I needed to stretch a little bit. Sure. Um, I'm saying I wanted Bo to be just considered for two. No, no. Uh, number because two. He, he shouldn't be. Okay. I agree with you. It's Stidham. Uh huh. I, mm-hmm. I wanted Bo to play better. You're I saying that more you were a, Bo fa- than you were I want, a fan exactly. of Bo Nicks, therefore more, you wanted him correct. to succeed. Correct. I, I got you. Yeah. Correct. I think he's awesome, and I think he's going to do a great. You're going to follow in him Oregon. in Oregon. This Absolutely. Year. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Are Give you? Me yeah, absolutely. For the Are you? Games. Yeah. Brooks is a loyal Pac-12 after dark guy. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired by 9:30. I've watched. <laughs> I've exhausted energy into multiple different teams that I care about, and then the SEC and all that. Arizona State Cal doesn't do it for me. Can we bash o'clock. Brooks Childress's existence for a moment? We don't have to do. We don't have or to. Not his existence. That's a little his harsh. Existence? His existence. <laughs> yeah. Can we bash Brooks for a Man, moment? Let me text him to listen in on the app real quickly. Yeah, he, he claims to be a college football fan. Uh huh. Yeah. Do we think he's a college football fan? Hundred percent. Oh yeah. It's his favorite sport. Yes. Oh I think yeah. So too. When he says that he cares. About Tuesday night action. He does. Do, no, but do you truly believe that? Kent State do is I playing think Buffalo. You should no. Does he? Yes. <laughs> no. Like, do you truly think <laughs> yes. that? Yes. Yeah. Hey, let me text him right now. But he's gonna say yes because that's just he's got. But it's facts though. Do, does he truly care? <laughs> yes. About a Kent State versus yes. Buffalo football game? Do you? I personally don't care. You but shouldn't. I know, I know Brooks cares Look, though. Do you? If it's a Tuesday night, I will turn it on, but I guarantee you I will be 
doing something else. You're going to have something I'm not else be occupying the, game. the time. No. Yeah. No. No one needs the no game one has will, time for I'll that. I'll probably turn it off where it's over. I yeah. Mean. I'm not even going to turn it on in the first. I don't care. I really do not care. Oh, I know. I know you don't care. You don't respect small schools, so. Do you care? <laughs> like con- I don't care about every small school. I do care you about some You have a favorite sw- team. Yeah. I that love UAB. Fits, right. That fits in that category. Grew up going and UAB so you're, you're, allowed, you're allowed to have that, that follow that team. Thank you. But you your... just don't go and watch, you know, Northern Illinois play whoever. Pens that one year they were ranked really high and they played in a Yeah, Coastal BCX Carolina Bowl. was ranked really uh-huh. high one year. Yeah. You know, uh, but we didn't care. Far. I cared. If you're going to get ranked up there and be undefeated, I won't care. Northern Illinois had a Heisman contender. They really did. Yeah. Eight years ago. Eight years Jordan ago, I mean. Lynch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Dual threat quarterback. Yeah. Right. I, I, doesn't I, mean we care. I know Orange that you're too young to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? You're dis- you were disrespecting Brooks Children. No, but before that, oh. uh, how did we get here? Because we don't have another break left in the program. Okay, no, we were breaking so, the five uh, Auburn. That's right. Yeah, that's quarterbacks right. were 2012. And we were we were content with the quarterback rankings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right, so running Every, backs. is everybody okay with that? Yeah, Luke, are you okay with yeah, our rankings? Okay, yeah, right. who wants to start the running back conversation? I kind of want to put Luke on the hot seat and have him at least start it. Doesn't mean we have to follow the list. I'm just waiting for Brooks to to respond to the disrespect. (laughs) If we're going top five running backs from, what is it, 2012 to current year, I really I want to put Trey Mason at one. Okay. Are we all going to agree with that? Oh, yeah. That's a pretty easy one. I forgot about Trey Mason. Trey is awesome. I totally forgot about him. I got a list of. I got what years let's, they were. 12, let's, 13 let's wrap Trey it out. Mason. Yeah, or yeah. let's, uh, let's wrap, it out. <laughs> wrap it out. <laughs> we got no, Trey no. Mason, Heisman continue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> I ruined my <laughs> reputation. Let's list uh, off. It's, it's a better way to look at it. The last decade, uh-huh. let's oh, list second, off the running back. Second, so tw- I forgot, carry on Johnson. So second. 12 and 13 would be Trey Mason. Yeah. Yeah. His backup, who became the starter in 14, Cameron R. Payne. Right. Yeah. Fifteen was, was Barber. three guys. What about Corey? Yeah, Corey Grant. Well, and Corey Grant was in twenty fourteen as well. Okay. Twenty thirteen. Um twenty fourteen artist paying Corey Grant. Twenty fifteen was Carry On was part of it. Javon Robinson was a part of it. And Peyton Barber was okay. a part of it. Okay. Sixteen Robinson's out. Carry on's kind of banged up. So it's sixteen mainly is Cam Petway. Right. Yeah. And then seventeen's carry on. Plus uh, a little Petway, not as much Petway as the year before. Beginning of the year. Then, right. And then you know, things yeah. happened. Um, 18. And is that Rock Thomas? Rock was on the team. Like 15, in, 16, 14. Rock, Rock was a freshman in 14. So who was the backup in 17 then? If Petway's there to start the year, Back. and then we, we run, you know, that's what Cam everybody Martin. called I think it. Cam Martin. Cam was, Martin. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. All right. So 18. Whitlow. Was Jatarvius Whitlow. Yeah. Uh, still some Cam Martin, DJ Williams. I think that well, DJ's a nineteen. Yeah, yeah, so ni- yeah. yeah. Nineteen is still Whitlow. I mean, it's really all the same people. And then, unless I'm missing somebody, not that I Whitlow, can think of. And then Whitlow twenty Martin, Tank yeah. Bigsby comes in. Yeah, twenty Bigsby and um, who was the backup with Bigsby in twenty? Because twenty one's Hunter and Bigsby, but Shivers. Shivers? Shivers, that's yeah. right. Shivers, okay. Um, but we're only trying to rank five. Yeah. So, what do we got? 
Trey Mason one. Mm-hmm. You'd agree with that. I think carry ons too. I I agree with. I'm okay uh, with that. I agree yep. with Luke. Are you okay with that? Think, uh, I, I mean, who I, are I'm you not, thinking about right now? I, Peyton Barber. No tank. Okay. Tank. I was going to take tank. three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, carry on still more production. Okay. I think tank is still the potential is more talented. Right. Uh, but we Carrion really had need more Tank production. to have a big year in yeah. 2022. Yeah, and we really so need to make sure if you're, Spring if goes you're well going off what and that they've he doesn't done, transfer after Spring on. football. Yeah, okay. I'm go with Carry On too. And then Tank three. It's tough again because you could say production artist pain because he freaking had like 1,700, 1,600 yards. He led the SEC that year. right. Which is um, more than the other running backs that we've listed, just to put it in perspective, right? right? right. I mean, Artis um, Payne really did have yeah. one of the most rushing yards. But seasons I think in Tank is a better pure runner. Okay. You know, so I mean, it. I, I hate to be like this, and I always get into definitions, but you kind of got to define what you're looking at. You're just talking about best runners, or are you talking about most productive runners? You know, um, I would put Tank as more. Well, talented, how, how did but, you look at it for quarterbacks? I don't think you needed to break it down. I thought I, it was I, kind of pretty obvious. Well, how did it, you look at it? Um, I think you went off production. Yeah. I think looking back. Yeah, but up, I think Jarrett was still more talented than Bowie anyway. I don't think that there was a difference. So you combine production and talent. Yeah. I so we'll do that for running backs combine too. Combine them, yeah. Okay. All right. At first, this started as a Luke project, and then Ryan just took over. I'm just talking about it. He has take three, and I'm, and I'm just quite. I'm just saying, what about you know? We can't forget Cap. That's so what are I'm you? Saying. We so can are put you, Cap at four. Are you saying Tank at four and Cap at three? I'm leaning t- Tank no, at I three. Need to make a decision. Tank, no, tank none of this. I'm leaning stuff. Tank at three. Okay, and Cap at four. third. Yes, Cap four. Okay, five. <laughs> hmm. Petway was a bruiser, man. Was, he was. Petway he had was, amazing Petway was a baller. Was watch, yeah. yeah. Um, ooh. <laughs> I miss Petway, man. I don't know how others felt about Booby him. Booby was I was going to say, I, I, I really liked Booby. He was that guy, Booby. too. Yeah, he was that guy. I don't know how anyone else felt about him, but I really liked Booby. But, yeah. That guy's shifty, man. Yeah. I got to go Petway. And the best thing about, about <laughs> Ryan Lavoy on the history of sports call Auburn <laughs> He just did not accept the fact that his name was Booby Whitlow. Yeah. And he always refers to him as Jartavius, which is his given name. That is name. his given name, but it's just... But it's also like, Booby's okay being called Booby Whitlow, yeah. but Ryan's like, I'm going to call you Jartavius Whitlow. Be more proper with it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I mean... So you're going Petway 5? Yeah. Are you going Peyton Barber or Booby Whitlow? I'm going Booby. Hmm. You said you're going Whitlow, Javon. Honestly, I might lean Whitlow too. Yeah. These young folks forgetting about Peyton Barber, Ryan. I mean, well, here's what I got to factor in too. Peyton was a proud starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a little while too, and he was okay. It wasn't great, but he was okay. <laughs> um, I, I lean, I lean Peyton Barber. 2012 Peyton Barber. to 2022 is what we're looking at right yeah. now. Yep. Our buddy Christian Page, formerly of this program, texted us about Ontario McCaleb. Was he still here in 12? Or he would have been gone? I don't I think, think McCaleb was, was 10 and 11, 11, so I don't yeah. think Ontario McCaleb qualifies. Yeah, McCaleb is... But we did yeah. love McCaleb. Mikhail is awesome. That guy I, could fly. Yep. yep. I well, love and Sean Cor- Shivers. And Corey's good, too. And Corey Grant's oh, amazing. Yeah. He yeah. just didn't get touches because Trey Mason... Corey Grant sat in the studio more than any of the people we've named so far today. 
Trash other truth. than Trevon Reed and Deshaun Davis. But we but didn't we name them today. today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I named Jeremy Johnson. They're also Corey not Grant's running backs. More frequently than, than uh, Jeremy Johnson is what I'm saying. Um, well, this was fun. Yeah. The show's not over, but, you uh, know. This was, this was a I good brain like exercise. Do we need to know what to watch for the weekend? Do we need to? We don't need to, but I mean, we can. That's it's, what it's thing you that want happens. to. You've brought it up. We don't have to. No, but I I did I ask mean, you earlier. Just, what did I say earlier? seemed like it was coming to a close. His role. It. What did I say earlier about his role in the show? Honestly, that felt so long ago. Like we've had so many different side conversations. Like it honestly slipped my mind. To be honest with you, Michaela was here in 2012. Christian has corrected us. Huh. Hmm, his last year was in 2012. I don't know if I move. I mean, I don't think I move him above anyone we've said though. What I was going for is, do you recall, right before Player of the Week, I said that I felt like I needed to have Ryan's approval. Oh, yeah, valid. Yeah, yeah. So does that mean I need to do what to watch for over the weekend? It wouldn't hurt. I mean, because this is our last show of the week. So got to give people what they want to watch perhaps for the weekend because, like Ryan mentioned, some people's weekends start Friday. Not everybody starts Saturday, Sunday. How long we got, Skippy? I don't know. A couple of minutes. But I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, you give me the rundown then of what we have, what like, finalize our list of running backs over the last decade. Say that one time. Finalize. Our list of running backs. Well, it's not my list of fine. Okay, no, it's over. We're done. (laughs) Is that what you wanted? (laughs) No, I'm saying I want, like, recite the names. Okay, well. You know what I'm saying? All right. Now I know what you're saying. Number one, Trey Mason. Do you want Luke to do it or do you want to do it? Luke can do it. I say it was Luke's list, first of all. It was Trey Mason at one, carry on Johnson at two, and a little controversy, but we ended up putting Tank Bigsby at three. Cameron's paying at four, and then did we go? Uh, we never, we, we never decided. We, never oh, yeah. Whitlow we, right we had some, we had right. some Whitlow love over here, right. but then you were more. Yeah, well, we everyone can have a different list. We're not <laughs> posting this as Sports Call's official top five. I mean, we're not posting it anywhere. Oh, Petway at five. We were debating six. Oh yeah, Whitlow. we did have Petway. Oh yeah, Petway was and five. And then it was Whitlow or uh, Barber. Barber. Yeah, which I'm fine either way. But I do agree that Cameron or not Cameron or Spain, Ontario McCaleb needs some love now. Ontario that McCaleb was damn fast. Yep. Yeah. Very fast. Yep. All the fast. Ontario McCaleb or Sean Shivers? Ontario McCaleb. Ontario McCaleb. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, that's sure. Not. not even though I think the better one is McCaleb or Corey Grant. Because they, they, played the, Corey... they played the same role. Are we yeah. going to start hating on Sean Shivers, though, over the years? Uh, I didn't say I hated over Shivers. I just simply just said gonna... it was clear McCaleb was better. What, I mean, but of the three, Shivers? does he not have the best play? Okay, he had, No. No. Yes. At, well, yeah. Okay. I mean, yes, but it's not as home run as you think because, and people forget this, and that's why I know it's in the Iron Bowl. Shivers will still win. But McCaleb was actually the game-winning touchdown against LSU in the Cam game. Everyone always remembers the Cam Newton run as care. his Heisman moment, but the 75-yard McCaleb run. I don't 60- care. Okay, I'm just telling you, that's a really important run, Skippy. So. <laughs> well, Skippy, I don't care. It's... Sean Shivers. Okay, I said Shivers one is fine, but okay. I'm saying McHale has a very underrated moment. Auburn doesn't win that game without that touchdown. Okay, so Shivers or McCaleb, and you're still going to take McCaleb? Overall, McCaleb, yeah. I don't That's know. That's not close. It's not even close. Okay, Shivers or Kim Martin, is that more of a talking point in a conversation? I mean, I don't I don't want it to be. I would have uh, to say Shivers. Yeah, I'd say definitely yeah. Shivers, yeah. I would agree Shivers on that one, yeah. Okay. You just want me to say Shivers over somebody. Shivers or Malik Miller. 
All right, uh, Shivers. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ha ha ha. Man, you know Steve talks about Pepto Bismol and what does he say? Blood pressure boiling. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you could get me to that state sometimes. I hope North Mr. Carolina gets you to that state on uh-huh. Saturday. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! Don't you dare say that, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Sports calls. What to watch for over the weekend? What to watch for over the weekend? Ryan Scott Lavoy, what do you got? Well, North Carolina hopes to defeat Mike Trzeszewski in his last game in in Durham uh, in the regular will season. Will you watch that? I uh, will. Will you watch that? Eh, maybe it depends if it's close. Maybe it won't be close. <laughs> Carolina's going to Will you watch any of that game? Yeah, I probably will. Okay, as you, I mean, it's Carolina's the greatest rivalry in college basketball, and it's the greatest coach of all time in college basketball walking away. He's on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> okay, I'll take fine. I'll take that. We don't have to argue that. I'll take that. I think. Do you want I'll to do this? That. Do you want no, to do this? We don't have as much time. I think it, I think there's more of a Mount Rushmore than a clear goat of coaching. That's fine. Basketball. That's fine. And that's not like a biased Carolina guy's take. I'm just saying I don't know what to right. do with John Wooden. Right. I don't know. Because Wooden is what so I don't know what to Thank do with. You. It's yeah. not fair. We, he, you know, like because if Kay's you're quantifying great. championships, it's like Wooden no won one's a million. Catch him. So. I understand. Oh that. yeah. So on Rushmore, then we're gonna go Wooden, K, Dean Smith, and maybe Rupp. Maybe um, Roy could be in the conversation. Maybe Roy, maybe Roy, but I'm not biased, so I'm not just blindly throwing Roy right. on there. Also, what hurts him uh-huh. is that Bayheim only has one title. Yeah, but Bayheim has won almost as yeah. many games as Coach K twice, sure. right? Because mm-hmm. he had over 100 some odd wins vacated. Yeah, it should be like a 50 game difference, and instead, it's like a 150 game difference between him and K. But he's been to a ton of Final Fours. Uh, Brooks has responded from earlier. i got to get this in. Uh, in all caps, golden flashes versus bulls all the way. Hashtag Maction. Also, he doesn't know what to do with Wooden either. He doesn't care about the... Well, the he's listening. Be careful. I know that. That's and right he's about now. to do an amazing broadcast I'll for Smith Station Softball yeah. that I can't wait for. I cannot wait for it. But I'm still right on this. That uh, we don't care about Maxion football. On he does. But so you he, can't tell him he how he feels. Yeah, I he just does. don't know why he feels that way. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I care about every game either, but people don't have different care. You don't care about UAB, and I care immensely about UAB. Fair. Okay. Brooks can have his opinions then, okay? Yeah. yeah. Everyone can. I, <laughs> yep. yeah, I care about trashy reality television. Uh-huh. And other people and don't. And you watch it till 2 a.m., and <laughs> right. I don't know why. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, the only thing we're going to watch for over the weekend is the Duke-UNC game, and then there's other things happening. (laughs) The sports. How about a nightly TV guide? Should we do that? Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. You think Luke's ever going to want to come back on the show again? He's got to close out the right. He's getting academic credit to be here. Yeah, yeah. He's got to close out the semester, but I feel like we've made him want to hit his head against the wall. That's you guys have been bickering a lot today, (laughs) so. How are you feeling? Everything okay still? It's been really interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, I've, I've had a good time. Yeah. It's our nightly TV guide brought to you by Coca-Cola coming up on television tonight. In the basketball world, the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets. KD's coming back, I think, right? He yep, is. yep. That's what we're hearing. Uh, Penn State and Illinois at 6 on FS1. Temple, number 14, Houston, ESPN2. Michigan State, Ohio State at 6 on ESPN. And then Spy Kids is the movie pick for Brooks Children yes. tonight at 7 o'clock the, on Flix. The microwave that you could just put anything into and get a great meal. 
Do you understand how that important that was? Kids? Yeah. I watched you it, could but put I didn't whatever. watch it. You know? do, you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Have you seen Spy Kids? It's been a long time since it's I've seen been it. A you really put like long time. it's really early in the first movie. You put it's like this. Do you know their names? Do you remember their names? Uh, I know Carla Gugino is in it. She's the mother. Um, what are their actual actress names? No, I'm saying on the show, the movie. And obviously, Antonio Banderas is in it. Uh, Carmen's yes, Carmen and Junie. Yeah, Junie. I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to remember uh, the movie because <laughs> I don't watch movies that well. I fall asleep. Carmen Cortez, Junie Cortez. Yeah. That's okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Ingrid Cortez and J- Gregor Drino. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Gregorio. Gregorio Cortez. Just say Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Gregorio Cortez. Is that what that says? Gregorio. Gregor Eo. Gregorio, you dummy. <laughs> That's how you would say it? Gregorio. I would yeah. say Gregorio. Gregorio. <laughs> Close the show, Rio. What about Blanco, the Braves outfielder? Gregor? Gregor Blanco. Yeah, Gregor Blanco. Gregor. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you're saying it quicker. And so I'm saying Gregorio. It doesn't always work part. like that. I know. Oh. 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 <laughs> All right, but Spy Kids is on tonight. I need to watch that again. What are, are they like? Do they have superpowers, or is it like? like I'm so, remind my memory. Help me. It was remind like gadget stuff. It wasn't that's, like superpowers. Okay, it was like yeah, more of like okay. gadgets they use. Yeah. And you're trying to save the world, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's important. And those are their parents, right? Yeah, it would be important to save the world. Yes, though. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so their parents are like sending them on these missions to save the world. Right? They didn't send them. Their <laughs> parents got yeah. kidnapped. So. Yeah. That's... Is that what happened? Yeah. Or got taken. I don't know if kidnapped is the right term. I need yeah. to watch it. What is Flicks, though? Like, that's what channel it's coming on tonight. It's, uh, is that like a premium it's special like a t- It's edition like a movie channel. Yeah, it's yeah. a movie channel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. upper tier. Is Spy Kids on Netflix? I feel like it was at one point. In I don't, no I idea. I forgot to look last night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you, too. I love you guys. We'll see you next week on the show. Luke, thanks for being here. This was a lot of fun today. It was a great time. Javon, thank you for being here. Of course, of course. That does it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in and calling in to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Alongside Luke Flurry, Javon Cutler, Ryan LaVoy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.